Ford Texas, your truck and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your own authority. The list goes on and on. If you've got a question about anything at all, pick up the phone. We'll talk about it. Um, speaking of what we're going to talk about, I'm going to throw out a bunch of kind of odds and end topics for the whole weekend. Um, feel free to comment on any of these or anything else you want to talk about. Um, some of these are just carryover stuff we've been talking about. We'll continue to talk about, um, a couple of them might be rants. Then I have something, yeah, kind of on the health side, but really uh, could apply to everybody driving a truck. Let's get started. Let's talk about ELDs, but let's try something a little different today. Let Here's what I want to do. I'm not going to talk about these topics now. What I'll probably do is throw out these topics and questions, and maybe at the top of the second or third hour, I'll give you my opinion. Normally, I start off with my opinion. I, I want to hear what you have to say. Here's what I want today. Give me the top three reasons why you don't want ELDs. And then if you have anything positive to say about them, you can throw that out too. But three, the top three reasons why you don't want ELDs. Or if you do want them, I guess give me the top three reasons why you do want them. Either way. Um, I've got conversations going on about these topics on Facebook. They've been very, very active, which is part of my frustration. I said I wasn't going to talk about ELDs, but I'm going to talk about it a little. Um, there's a Facebook group, ELD or me. I've talked about them several times. They have almost 18,000 members. They are planning a protest October 3rd through the 7th, a shutdown um, and a trip to D.C. I, I'm not exactly sure. I, I've tried to ask the admins. I've tried to look around on the website. I, I get it that they're against ELDs. I'm not clear on what they want to see happen. We seem to be really, really good in this country, and right now it seems to be happening a lot, about protesting. There are protests going on everywhere and most of them, the people who are protesting have absolutely no clue what the hell they really want to see happen. Most of these protests are just big bitch sessions and people whining about what they don't want to see happen. I get that, but at some point, you have to have a solution. So what is the solution that they are seeking in these groups and these protests? Who are they trying to reach, and what do they want to see happen? I, I, I can't get clear answers, and this, this is always the case when people are protesting things. It's this group mentality. 
Um, speaking of protest, if you're going to be around St. Louis tonight or this weekend, I would be careful. They were very close to shutting down interstates last night because of the protests going on there. And I watched the reporters over and over ask people, what do you want to see happen? Why are you here? We're here to support Black Lives Matter. We're here to support. That doesn't really solve anything. What do you want to see change? Who has the power to change it? That's what we need. People seem to be really, really good at whining and crying and bitching and protesting, but I don't see people coming up with many solutions. And as far as the ELD thing goes, honestly, we're, what, two months away from this now? And we're going to protest now? I asked, I asked this question in the group. Where were these 18,000 people starting back in 2012 when there were listening sessions? And the answer I got was, stop focusing on the past. We're here to fix. Really? The, the problem, the post that I was responding to said, it's not fair. I, it just, my skin crawls when I hear that statement anyway. It's not fair that the ATA just rammed this down everybody's throat and they have all the money and what are we going to do? Well, what you could have done was actually tried to get involved in the political process. But that didn't happen. People say, oh, well, I called my senator. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty hard to prove. I have a feeling that about 90% of the people that claim they contacted their representatives really didn't. When I ask people directly, which listening session did you attend? Oh, well, I couldn't get there because they weren't convenient for me. Well, you know, the groups that want this, whether it's the ATA or whoever you think is lobbying for this, they've done the work, like it or not. And the answers I keep hearing from the people who are against this was, well, I just didn't have time. I I wasn't in the right place. Well, they held it in downtown Atlanta. I can't get there with my truck. That was the most recent, though. This has been going on for a very, very long time. So... We'll throw out the ELD topic. Give me the top three reasons why you're against them. We'll talk about what really could happen to make this better. Um, But I want to hear from you first. Here's another question. All I'm going to do in this first hour is ask questions. I want you to give me some answers, and then in the second, third hour, I'll respond. Um, Or I'll respond when you call. Here's a really simple question. But I think it gets down to the root of one of the problems we're also seeing um, or, or what a lot of owner-operators believe the problem is. Here's a simple question. What do brokers do? What do brokers do? Why, why, do that, why does that business even exist? What do brokers do? And would you like to see brokers replaced by technology? That's the question. We'll throw that out right now. Um, here, here's um, my rant for the day, or for the whole weekend. One of the reasons we have such a hard time getting problems solved in this industry is because we have way, way, way too many business owners, owner-operators, whether they're, you know, we could even lump in the lease purchase. They're in business. They may not realize it, but they're in business. Or if you're leased to a carrier, or if you have your own authority. We're all in business. 
I am just shocked at how little understanding there is of just basic business concepts. And it's really hard to solve problems or have a constructive debate. I love to debate, by the way. I hate arguing. And that's usually all that goes on on online. But I, I love debate. Good, open, honest debate with people who have done some work and understand the issues. That's how we solve problems. But if you don't even have a basic understanding of general business concepts, then honestly, your opinion in a lot of these matters is kind of worthless. I hate to say that because everybody should be able to jump in and at least voice their opinion. But when your opinion is based on almost zero facts, then what's the point? In two areas that I see this a lot, the concept of supply and demand. People just have a really, really hard time understanding how powerful supply and demand is in our economy, in every facet of our economy. Here's another one. I get into this debate argument constantly. In fact, when I'm looking for, you know, just to rile things up, I'll post something about this because it works every time. The time value of money. I was talk I, I online I posted and one of the things I posted was well I'll go through the whole thing. I saw an ad for a dispatch service and the dispatch service was taking eight percent of the revenue. So I got thinking, if you've got your own authority and you're using a dispatch service which is taking eight percent of the load, that dispatch service is not a broker There's a fine line there. They have to be very careful how they do this, but they're not a broker. That means they have to get their freight from a broker. The broker's taking, on average, 15%. That is the average, and I'm not just guessing at that. That's a number that gets published every year. The average take out of a load from a broker is 14 to 15%. It's consistently been there for years. So we have a dispatch service taking 8%. We have a broker taking 15%. Then that, that dispatch service was partnered with a factoring company, which takes another big chunk. And that's where the math problem came in, the time value of money. And I'll talk about that right after this. Most people are paying 48 to 60% interest on their factored loads. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. North America first discovered Marin Morris on Sirius XM's The Highway back in 2015. Music's fastest rising stars. And she's performing just for you in a private Sirius XM concert. Live from New York City's McKittrick Hotel. Hear Mirren Morris with special guest Ryan Hurd. Hear replays throughout the weekend. On the highway, Sirius XM Channel 56. And when you get out of the car with a Sirius XM app. 
Any coffee drinkers out there? Yeah, me too. Well, have you heard about VitaCup? It's the coffee everybody's talking about. VitaCup is delicious, vitamin-infused coffee in recyclable, BPA-free, single-serving pots. Personally, I can't get enough of this stuff. VitaCup's unique vitamin blend helps me feel energized throughout the day. No more midday crash. Like many of you, I take care of myself. The yoga, the gym, eat right, whatever it takes. But it's not always enough. The right vitamins, the ones in VitaCup, have really made a difference. VitaCup is packed full of B6 for stress and weight, B12 for energy, D3 to boost my immune system, all the key essentials, and again, it's a super tasty cup. VitaCup offers several coffee flavors and a supercharged green tea that, in fact, I'm drinking right now. Do yourself a favor. Visit VitaCup.com and use the code RADIO20 for 20% off your first order. That's RADIO20 at VITACUP.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Acme Home Insurance. Yes, I'd like to make a claim. What are you wanting to claim, sir? My air conditioner broke down. Sorry, but your home insurance doesn't cover air conditioner breakdowns. So what do you cover? Home damage from things like earthquakes, volcanoes, a zombie apocalypse. A zombie apocalypse? But that'll never happen. But if it did, you'd be covered, sir. But not my air conditioner? I'm afraid not. But his air conditioner could have been covered with a home warranty from American Home Shield. We cover major components of air conditioners, plus 20 other home systems and appliances, like electric systems, plumbing, refrigerators, and more. For valuable free information, call 1-800-700-4350. Homeowners insurance can cover what might happen. Donkeys are coming! But a home warranty helps cover what will happen. Now the dryer won't work. Be sure with the Shield. American Home Shield. For valuable free information, call 1-800-700-4350. That's 1-800-700-4350. 1-800-700-4350. What does your watch say about you? Right now it's saying you could have more money in your pocket. You see, the real real, the world's finest seller of authentic luxury items, can help you sell any fine watch that you're ready to move on. Our master watchmakers and horologists will give you a free quote. There's no obligation to consign. But if you do, you could make twice as much as through other watch resellers. Learn more and earn more at therealreal.com slash radio. That's therealreal.com slash radio. Road Dog Trucking Radio, our favorite color, chrome. Road Dog Trucking Radio, Sirius XM 146. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. So back to the time value of money. Every time I make that statement that I made just before I close, that if you are factoring your receivables, and by the way, don't think factoring only happens in trucking. Sometimes this is where when we don't understand basic business concepts, people think that factoring is only a trucking thing, not even close. Factoring exists in almost every industry and every business. But factoring is no different than borrowing money. That's all you're doing. They can call that percentage a fee all they want, but it is interest on the time value of money. 
This is why I have such a hard time with this discussion because people don't understand these basic business concepts. Factoring happens all the time. I factored my receivables for cash. I'm not a huge fan of factoring, and if you're going to do it, I try to help people understand it so they can get the best deal, and instead people just want to argue with me. People will say, no, it's I, I pay 4% or 5%. That's it. How can you say it's 48 or 60%, which it is? But if you don't understand the time value of money, you will get screwed on this every single time. When we talk about interest rates and factoring is borrowing money, when we borrow money, we pay in the form of interest. You can call it fees or anything else you want, but understand what you're paying for and how much it's really costing. When we talk about interest rates, credit cards, car loans, mortgages, personal loans, lines of credit, every single form of financing, we always, always use the term APR, annual percentage rate, or APY, annual percentage yield. I actually like APY. It's a little more accurate, but I'm not going to get into all the calculations because that doesn't really matter. If you are looking at a mortgage and it's 4%, that's not a bad rate. You've been able to do better in the last couple years, but a 4% mortgage would be good. People say, oh, but I'm only paying 4% on my factoring. No, you are not. On a 4% mortgage, you basically, I'm not going to get the math exactly right on this, but you're paying about 0.3% per month. I think I did that math right in my head. Less than a half of a percent for 30 days. Let me use another example that's easier. If you had a 12% interest rate on a credit card, and you borrowed money on that credit card for 30 days, you would only pay 1% interest on that 30-day loan. Not 12%, because the 12% is your annual rate. You could borrow the money, hold it for an entire year, and only pay 12%. So once you understand that basic concept, Then if you borrow money factoring, you have to look at when you would have received your money if you didn't factor the load. We're going to use an average of 30 days because that's pretty standard. 30 days or less. Yeah, there are some shippers that pay in 60, but we're going to use 30 days as the standard right now because that's pretty common in business. And it's because... A lot of businesses only pay their payables one day a month. So they don't have people working on that stuff every time an invoice comes in. They have somebody who does it once a month. That's pretty common in business. So if I'm going to get my money in, if I book a load for 1000 bucks, and I'm going to get that $1,000 in 30 days, if I just wait till the broker or the shipper pays me, I will get the full $1,000 in 30 days. Now, if I have to give somebody 4% of that $1,000, 
instead so that I can get my money now, then that's what I have to calculate. And if I'm doing 4% on $1,000, that means I had to pay a fee or interest, whatever you want to call it, of $40. But I only borrowed the money for 30 days. So that 4% in 30 days, if I want to compare it to my mortgage, my car loan, my credit card, any other way we talk about interest, that 4% for 30 days becomes 48% as an annual percentage rate. So that's the only way we can compare. To say, well, I only paid 4%, where do you come up with 48%? There's how you come up with it. It's the time value of money. If I borrowed that same $1,000 on my credit card, and I'm not talking about fees for cash advances right now because I could use a, a home equity line of credit to do this and I wouldn't have any fees. If I borrow that same $1,000 on a 12% interest rate, then I'm going to pay a lot less, one quarter. I'm only going to pay $10 to borrow that $1,000 for 30 days instead of 40. That's a huge difference. But people will just argue with me over and over and over about that concept. And I'm not trying to tell people not to factor. There are times when it makes sense to borrow money to run your business. You don't want to do it a lot, but there are times when it makes sense. But it doesn't make sense if you don't understand that there are better ways and cheaper ways many times to get that money. But it's hard to talk to people when they don't understand these basic business concepts. This is the same problem I have with trying to explain fuel tax to people. All right, so enough of my rant. I have one more topic. I'm probably going to, maybe I'll get to a call before we go to this break. Um, one of the things that I get a lot of questions about is people want to eat healthier on the road. And it is difficult. I get that. We talk about grass-fed beef and pastured chicken and organic and better quality and not all the processed junk. And people want convenience. I get that because you're working hard enough when you're out on the road. Um, so I, I've come up with I think, a really, really great solution to this. In fact, as soon as I came up with it, I thought, my God, why didn't I think of this sooner? Um, so I've been working on this um, this week. I've posted some things on Facebook, had tremendous feedback. Home pressure canning. It's amazing how many things you can can at home yourself with a pressure canner. So what I did this week was I had I took 10 pounds of really high quality grass-fed ground beef. You're just not going to find this stuff all over the place, but it's easy enough to get it shipped or to find it someplace local where you live, which is even better and cheaper. But there, there are lots of places now you can mail order in really high quality food. So I took 10 pounds of ground beef, brown it up real quick. You don't have to spend a lot of time on that step hot pack it into a pressure canner and 10 pounds gave me, I think I got uh, seven quarts, 
seven full quart jars of fully cooked ground beef that once they come out of the pressure canner, they don't need refrigeration, and their shelf life is literally years. That's a fantastic way to have really high-quality food with you on the truck. Now, that was just one example. You can can beef stew meat. You could can chicken. You can can pork. You can can turkey. You can can seafood. Once it's pressure canned, it no longer needs refrigeration, and it has a shelf life now of years. You can also do certain recipes. So I did uh, really high-quality, awesome homemade chicken soup. Flu season's coming up. Chicken soup instead of flu shots. That's going to be another subject for another day. Um, I'm working on a chili recipe, on a beef stew recipe. The, the options are endless. You create big batches all at once um, with a, a reasonably priced pressure canner, and I'm talking $250 or less for top-of-the-line quality in a pressure canner. And I can can up to, I believe, 17 pints. Let's just call it eight quarts in one shot. Yesterday I did eight quarts of soup in about four hours from start to finish. That's a lot of soup. I think it's like, uh, I figured it out, it's like 16 or 17, maybe even 18 normal cans. Now you can carry them in the truck, no refrigeration needed, no preservatives, no junk really high-quality ingredients. Yes, there's a little bit of work while you're at home. There's a little bit of a learning curve. You're going to have to invest 300 bucks, maybe. But that not only do you have super high-quality food in your truck that doesn't need refrigeration, it's super convenient. You just open it up and eat it. No cooking. You could warm it back up, but you don't have to. There's a lot of benefits to this. We can talk about that on the lighter side or anything else you want to talk about. We'll get to the calls right after this break. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. about to eat that flaming ghost pepper. Jimmy shouldn't eat that flaming ghost pepper. And you shouldn't manage your own toll. Turn to Best Pass, the commercial toll management experts. Don't pull a Jimmy. Get Best Pass and save tons of time and money on toll. Learn more at getbestpass.com. Hi, this is Chris Lofgren, CEO at Schneider. I wanted to take this opportunity during Driver Appreciation Week to thank our Schneider drivers, as well as all drivers in the industry, for your hard work and commitment to safety. At Schneider, we understand that drivers are the lifeblood of our company, the industry, and the economy. 
We're committed to showing driver appreciation this week and every week. Thanks again for everything you do. Have a fantastic week. Oh, wake up. Go. Iowa, Illinois, delivered. Head home. Sharon, Daisy, dinner, bedtime. I love this. Whatever you're working toward, we're working hard to help get you there. Shell Rotella, the engine oil that works as hard as you. Because home time matters, we're growing our dedicated fleet. This is Craig Harper, Chief Operations Officer at J.B. Hunt. Truck drivers mean so much to our economy, and they mean a lot to their families, too. That's why I'm proud to announce that J.B. Hunt is adding over 1,000 dedicated jobs now. Our growth means better local and regional driving jobs. Make the money you deserve and enjoy time at home. Find a local or regional dedicated job near you at drivejbhunt.com. That's drivejbhunt.com. I'm Jeff Eno for the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update. Severe weather threat will be limited today to portions of the plains, upper Mississippi Valley, running from parts of eastern Kansas all the way up into the UP and the arrowhead of Minnesota. And we do have some wintry weather to talk about still as we've got and have seen the winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories for parts of the Bighorns into western Wyoming and also into western Montana. Take a look at uh, those spots. We are seeing some of the snow pop up on radar, so got to be careful along I-94. And it looks like uh, most of the activity, of course, north of I-80 as far as any of the wintry weather. But uh, I-86, you may catch some of the uh, wintry stuff and also some wet pavement. We do have the showers and storms through parts of South Dakota. That's going to be running along I-90. And then storms also east of Minneapolis-St. Paul. Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers, twice an hour on the Road Dog, Sirius XM 146 and on the Sirius. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. I threw out a ton of topics there. Feel free to comment on any of those or anything else you want to talk about. We're going to start off in Indiana. Todd, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey, I got it. Well, now I got uh, another question for you about the, the eating part. But my main questions are, what do I have to do to be more profitable? And I need... What's the next step for me buying something to increase my fuel mileage? And then the third one will be how do I do that canning and find the recipes? Got it. Okay. All right. So let's take a look at your business report. Uh, are you on your own authority? I am. Okay. All right. I thought so. And, and the reason being I see pretty high insurance costs, but that's just the reality of it. Not much you're going to do about that. Um, your revenue is good. $1.95 a mile, that's a great place to start from. Um, looking at expenses, uh, maintenance seems a little high, $0.24 cents a mile. Um, a lot of Well, the, ma the, maintenance, the maintenance also includes my trailer, and then I, I'm raising some grass-fed cows right now, and so I kind of have my mechanic, he'll put that down so I can ride it off. Got it. Okay. 
So that's why that's a little higher. Got it. Okay. Um, so we won't focus too much on that because once, you know, with the trailer in there, that'll raise it. The other, you know, things you've talked about, I get that. So um, fuel at 38 cents a mile, which goes to your next question, which what, what can you do to get better fuel economy? I mean, really, that's the, the place where you're going to have the biggest impact. You know, $1.95 a mile, you might be able to work to get a higher rate, but that, that's a pretty darn good rate because we're, we're talking about all right. miles. That's the way we track things. So I'm just not sure spending a whole lot of time on revenue would be a good use of your time. Um, I finally got it to that. If you looked in the previous years, it took me all these years because I started out the business totally the wrong way, and I didn't like hearing anything you had to say, but now I'm listening and went to the CMC. And now I'm figuring out the revenue isn't just uh, rate per mile, it's uh, money per day. And that's where I finally figured it out. Good, good. And it's working because those numbers look good. Um, you know, you've got your fixed costs aren't bad, so I don't see a big problem there. Um, fuel at 38 cents a mile, we could probably get down under 30 we really worked on fuel wow. we could probably get it under 30 i have people in the low to mid 20s that really work Is that hard with the coronado um it's with all kinds of trucks old trucks new trucks i mean if you can get up into that eight nine miles to the gallon range which we've done many many times and you're buying your fuel correctly you know you've got a good discount card you're paying <coughs> attention to fuel tax because remember fuel cost i don't is, have a discount card um have you ever looked into Nastic? Uh, I don't have my credit sucks. It doesn't matter. So like no, I said, I it, did everything wrong. Oh, no, that that's okay. okay because here's the thing. Almost nobody issues an owner operator a credit discount card. What they offer is a debit. So so there's no real credit to needed because you have to put all of the money in the account up front. And then they just debit out of it, and you have to keep replenishing. So they're not really loaning you money. So there's no credit. Oh, okay. Um, NASTIC, the National Association of Small Trucking Companies, has got one of the best discount fuel cards I have ever seen. They beat the pants off of most big carriers programs. And, and you can get it as a one-truck owner-operator I believe, unless they've changed this, if you had less than it was either three or five trucks, you do have to sit through their one-day orientation program. To, and I think it's you pay like $250 a year. But people who have this card absolutely love it. The discounts are huge. So I, I would recommend okay. you look into the discount card. Um, how about buying fuel? Are you are you using the the calculation to get fuel tax out and planning your fuel purchases? Uh, I am. I I I never understood the fuel tax, so I took your course, and actually I've been doing it just like you said. I just didn't know I was doing it the right way. Oh, good, good. Well, now you understand, which always you know makes me feel better. You were doing it right. You didn't understand why. Now you understand. I I think that's better when we get it. Correct. So. It, the fuel discount card, if you're buying your fuel properly, sounds like you are. Then we look at the truck and your driving. So what have you done to either your driving habits or the truck or both so far up till now to improve fuel economy? 
I got super singles. Um, I put the air tabs on. I drive about 63 mile an hour. I'm not sure where I'm supposed to be driving on this. I took the side pipes off, got a weed burner, and I just today just put on the fleet air filter. Okay, good. Well, well, you're on the right track. What year and what engine? It's an 07 Detroit 60 Coronado. Okay, so you've got some challenges there. 07 was not a great year for engines. Um, that, that just is. They're, you know, they're, if we get them tuned right, if we get all the right modifications, we can do okay. Oh, I did that too. Okay, I good. I did that too. I went to Pittsburgh Power. Okay. Then, you know, you could work through some of the other. You've got some of the big ones. I would look at the flow below. Um, is just one of those things that absolutely improves fuel economy every time. Um, you know, some would that even be on here with the the because the running board goes all the way to the back, the rear tires, the drives, and then it's got that fender on there. Yeah, you would actually. Well, you've got the quarter fender in the front as part of the fairing, right? Correct. Yeah. So what this is going to do is put the dog bone in between the tandems, and then the little fairing behind the rear tandem and the wheel covers. So your current aerodynamics stop right in front of the tandems. We're going to extend it all the way to the back of the truck. That's what the flow below does. So, yeah, you're going to see the improvement. And the beauty of aerodynamics is it virtually works every time. You know, engine tuning, things like the manifold, Every now and then we'll see where it either didn't work or we weren't able to measure it or, um, you know, engines are a little more complicated. Aerodynamics are pretty straightforward. We improve aerodynamics, you improve fuel economy. So, uh, well, see, it's my trailer, too. That's why I wasn't sure if the flow blow or get the, the side things and top thing for the back of the trailer. I now, hold it. That's called, I couldn't even find it. Yeah, so let's not confuse the two. The flow blow goes on the tractor. Correct. Okay. But it, what I was wondering is, that make that big of a difference, or yes. does something on the trailer make a bigger difference? Um, if you were to put, a, and I am a big believer in the smart truck system. I'm not as much of a fan of the fairings and the tails for a lot of reasons. A lot of fairings just don't work, period. They put no testing into them. They think you just slap something on the side of the trailer and fuel economy improves. Not even close. So I, I'm leery of, of side skirts. Um, there are just a lot yeah, of them that don't too. work. Plus, they get tore up. <laughs> so I'm not a fan of skirts. Trailer tails actually absolutely work. There's no question about it. But for all that extra weight and complication and hassle, I'm just not a big fan of the trailer tail either. So I like the smart truck, the full UT6, the the under um carriage treatment, the diffuser, the side panels, the top, the forward, the the full shebang. It lasts forever, doesn't get tore up, works really well together. And yes, if you were to put the full smart truck treatment on your trailer, that would be a bigger improvement than the flow below. I would have both of them on the list and honestly, I think the flow below probably returns the investment a little faster. So it's not as big of a savings, but it's only about 1500 bucks for the flow below system. And I couldn't find any pricing for the smart truck and 
wasn't, wasn't sure what all that entailed. Yeah, the smart truck has lots of different pieces. So you've got the, you know, the, the, the piece that mounts under the trailer, which is the one everybody thinks of when they think of the smart truck. That, that's the big ramp-looking thing that goes under the middle okay. of the trailer. Then you've got a diffuser that goes back at the ICC bumper. Then you have side, um, kind of side deflectors that will do the same thing as an air tab, and you can use either one. Air tabs on the trailer will do it just as well. Then they have the little top deflector that goes on the back of the trailer at the top. Then they have the forward deflector. So you can kind of mix and match and pick and choose. I think you you just go for the whole shebang. I have a reefer, so that front part will work. Oh, got it. How much does all the rest of that cost? Uh, you know, the one thing I don't try to keep up a lot on is pricing. I think you're probably in the three to $4,000 range, but you're probably going to pick up about seven or eight tenths. So two to two and a half times more than the flow below. The flow below, you're going to pick up about three. So I think the flow below I would do first, then I would do the smart truck next. Um, I'm going to come back to you right after the break. Make sure we got all your questions answered. I know you still want to talk about the canning. So we'll do that right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. thing about going to the dentist opening your mouth or opening your wallet because just a simple cleaning can cost a hundred dollars and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more if you don't have dental insurance to help you should give physicians mutual insurance company a call 1-800-500-9481 this isn't a discount plan or preventive only coverage this is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away so you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow plus it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired or on Medicare. There are no networks, so you can choose any dentist you'd like. That's right, any dentist you want. Call and we'll rush you a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-500-9481. That's 1-800-500-9481. 1-800-500-9481. Owner operators, Roadrunner has options for you. Our refrigerated division is now offering up to 74% revenue percentage pay. At our LTL division, owner operators can receive up to a $10,000 sign on incentive. Roadrunner has company driver options for you as well. Company drivers earn up to 45 to 50 cents per mile depending on division. And our lease purchase program remains one of the best in the industry with new and late model equipment available. To join our family, call 888-456-0885 or visit joinroadrunner.com and make tracks today. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, 
do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-700-9920. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-700-9920. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-700-9920. 1-800-700-9920. Weekday mornings, 11 a.m. East, free wheeling. We talk about pop culture, talk to celebrity guests, and hear what drivers have to say about the world at large. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. I'm going to go back to Indiana. So, Todd, did that help on the fuel mileage? Uh, that did. That helped a lot. So, the only other thing I had is can I find a mentor somewhere to help with the business? Because I'd like to grow and uh, about the recipes. Um. You know, we, we've got a mentor program. We, we kind of loosely manage it. Um, so what we have people do if they're looking for a mentor, that we have them write an email into support at letstruck.com. Tell us specifically what you're looking for. You know, sometimes people just want somebody to help them with fuel mileage. Um, sometimes people want help getting their own authority. So what we do then is we have a list. I, I think there are probably 15 or so, maybe even 20 people on our list of mentors with different specialties. Some people work in, you know, heavy hauls, some work in expediting, some are really good at fuel mileage. And what we do is we just blast the email out to all of them and say, here's somebody who's looking for some help. Here's what they want specifically. And then we let the mentors respond. Um, You know, we've talked about expanding that program, making it more formal. Uh, It's on the list. I don't know you know, when we might do that. So if you're looking for a mentor, you can send us an email and, you know, kind of explain what you're looking for and we'll send that out. And then, you know, as always, you can call here every week and, you know, I'll spend, you know, time with you answering questions each week um, or each show. Uh, So, yeah, you know, you're already kind of up at that higher end. You've got your own authority. You're closing in on $2 a mile. Uh, you're currently taking home 77 cents a mile. I mean, that that's not bad at all. Those are great numbers. Um, I'm not saying we couldn't find you a mentor. We probably can. Um, are you listening to uh, audiobooks at all? Uh, I am. The, okay. The MC I started to. Good. It, really, that's going to be a huge help. You know, it, and I know there's not anything really specific on trucking, but business, sales, negotiation, you know, goal setting, leadership, all of those things, those are probably going to get you further um, than almost anything else. You know, you get to that point where you should be the mentor. 
finding a mentor that's going to be able to help you sometimes can be difficult. But like I say, certainly send the email. We'll blast it out. Um, there are some people that we have in our mentor group that are very good at what you're doing, and they could probably help you out some and give you some tips. Okay. Now, the, the canning thing. So there, there's two different ways to can. Most people are, are more familiar with called, what's called water bath canning. So they can a bunch of tomatoes or pickles or, or those kind of things. Those are high acid foods, and you can get away with just using a water bath canner, um, which is nothing more than a big pot with boiling water in it, and that's about it. But the, what I'm talking about here, in order to be able to can meat or recipes with meat in them or low-acid foods, uh, most vegetables are low-acid. So this requires what's called pressure canning. So a lot like pressure cooking, but I wouldn't use a pressure cooker to do this. I would specifically use a pressure canner. The, the absolute best one on the market, I mean, crazy high quality, lasts for decades, cost about 240 bucks on Amazon. I just bought one. It's amazing the quality of this thing. And they have awesome reviews. People have been using them for decades. So you, you prepare your recipe. Let's just say ground beef. That was an easy one. You literally just, I, I browned 10 pounds of ground beef did it in two batches in a really big pot. You pack it into the glass jars, you know, the, the canning jars, Ball or Kerr. There's a couple different brands. You fill it with broth. Um, you do have to pack in liquid. You could just use water if you want. I like using bone broth because you get the flavor and the nutrients. You put your lids on. You close up the pressure canner. Follow the directions. Meat takes 90 minutes roughly. And you, you take them out. You can tell if they sealed. My first experiment, I had seven jars in there. Six of them sealed. One of them didn't. I don't know why. Um, you don't lose the one that doesn't seal. You just have to eat that. You know, you're not going to be able to store that one, but we just ate that one for dinner that night. Um, I did the soup in, it takes roughly 60 minutes to process the soup, and it's pretty simple, really. When you first look at it, you think, oh, my God, there's all these instructions, and you know, what if I screw this up? Am I going to die? And um, it's like a lot of things. Once you do it, you realize this is pretty simple. People used to do this all the time. This was very, very common um, to home can your own food this way. Uh, it's great for emergency storage of food, but I think it is just an awesome way to eat healthier on the road without spending a ton of money, and it's so convenient. So that thing comes with instructions, and you didn't say the name of that. What, what was the oh, name that you got? All-American. All, all it's an all-American canner all built uh, in Wisconsin, okay. I think. Yeah, great company. Um, you can buy cheap. Presto makes one for like 80 bucks. Um, but everybody, oh, that good one. Yeah, everybody I talked to said don't bother with the cheap ones. Um, they're just frustrating. Th this one, like I said, this thing is bulletproof. It will last forever. And I don't think 240 bucks was much to spend. And there, there are a couple websites. The USDA actually does a ton of testing. And if you follow their recipe, it's, you know, 100% safe. But you can find recipes all over the place. I plan on actually creating a course. I, I'm just going to do a, oh, awesome. a, Yeah, I'm going to do a course just like the, the others that you've seen with recipes and, you know, equipment lists and all that stuff. But honestly... 
I wouldn't wait for my course because it's pretty easy to get started, and there's a lot of information already out there. Oh, I could do, like, jalapenos out of my garden and peppers and stuff like that? Yeah. You know, jalapenos, actually, you can use a water bath canner because they're high acid. But you can also use a pressure okay. canner. Um, anything that you could use a water bath canner for, you can use a pressure canner, but not vice versa. Oh, awesome. Okay. Perfect. Well, I'll order that and have my wife get started on it. Yeah, there you go. All right. Good stuff, Todd. Thanks. Thanks for the call. We are going to head off to Kansas. Hal, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. What can I help just, you with uh, today? You mentioned, well, you just, uh, when you were just talking to one of the previous callers, you said that uh, there's not much you can do about insurance. What do you mean by that? Well, his, co his cost of insurance. I mean, you could go shop around and you might get a slightly better rate, but insurance, you're kind of at the mercy of the market. You know, it, it's not one of those things we have a ton of control over. When you have your own authority, your insurance is going to be much higher than when you're leased to a carrier because a carrier pays for the primary liability and the cargo insurance. When you get your own authority, you got to pay for those yourself. I've seen years where you can get full coverage with your authority for six grand. I've seen other years where it's fifteen to twenty, and right now it, it yeah. tends to well, be way on the high side right now. Well, that's what I was going to. Ain't what I called about, but I heard you say it. A friend of mine just got his own authority, and he was talking to some insurance people. And Elida was one of them, but he's also talking to a local person. And they were fixing the rate again. And I let him talk to my insurance man. Saving gobs and gobs of money. I mean, a lot of it. Yeah, so they, they need to look around. Yeah, and that's kind of what I said. You could shop around. Um, I, I, don't, I don't do a tremendous amount of research into insurance. We don't partner with anybody. Um, we almost did a deal with Progressive. But um, I, I just didn't have the... the Insurance is a tough thing to research because you never know how good the company is unless you have a claim. I mean, it, it's, you know, we can certainly shop for rate. And if we never need our insurance, then I'm very happy to have the lowest rate possible. But in order to know whether the insurance company is really good to work with or not, you've got to go through some claims. And we'd rather not do that. So, you know, I, I've been approached by insurance companies, and it's one of those things I just kind of avoid um, and, and tell people, you know, look, you got to do your homework on this one. you got to shop around, like you said. Don't just take the first quote right. or not even the first three quotes. You know, get five. Find out well, if, you, if you are seeing a big difference. Well, my insurance man's been in business a lot of years, riding mainly trucks, and he can write through Progressive. He can write through Great West. He can write through a lot of them. Oh, so you've got an independent. And, and he, yeah. And, and he knows he knows what he can do with different ones. And like me, Great West wouldn't take me because when I first got my authority, he said, I'm going to have to be in two business for two years. Well, there are, com yeah. th there are and, companies and that have those kind of requirements. Um, doesn't mean he, they won't make an exception. Right. So let me let me make an analogy here, because what you used is basically called an insurance broker. 
He's not an insurance agent because an agent is captive to one company. You used an insurance broker. They work a lot like a freight broker, the people we like to complain a lot about. But I'm, I'm going to make an analogy, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about that right after this. Then we'll get to your other questions. So hold on. We'll do that right after the break. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. History of sports, not NFL, sports, and the animated energy of the Mad Dog himself, Mad Dog. Christopher Russo. This is the channel to talk about your favorite sports team, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. I'm Jeff Eno from the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update where we have seen some of the winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories for parts of Wyoming and also into areas into Montana. And we're still looking at uh, some of the light snow showers into some of the areas east of 15, mostly rain showers as we made our way through Montana, and then some showers and storms as we moved a little farther east into the Dakotas along I-29, and then I-35, seeing some of those showers and storms into areas into Minnesota and dipping down all the way into parts of Kansas, severe weather swath 
kind of going uh, south, possibly into Oklahoma, and then a narrow run all the way up into the UP, where we have seen those scattered showers and storms, and even into areas east of I-27 as you get into Texas. We've seen some of the spotty storms there into Texas, also in the southwestern part of the state. I'm Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers. Twice an hour on the Road Dog, Sirius X and 1. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. Now, now, back to Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're heading into the second hour of the program, 8888 Road Dog, if you want to join us. I'm going to go back to Kansas. I was talking with Hal. So, Hal, just to kind of finish that analogy, um, you using an insurance broker is an awesome thing. The broker goes to work for you. They go shop the market. They understand all the ins and outs of finding the right insurance carrier. Then they bring you the best deal. That's fantastic. That's exactly why. Now, I will tell you, The insurance companies aren't as wild about that setup. They would rather you only talk to their agent so that you don't see everything else that's available in the market. But they realize that there are independent brokers out there. They have to deal with it. That's not much different from the trucking industry. You know, the owner-operators don't like brokers. We hear it all the time. Shippers love them because the freight broker does exactly for a shipper what the insurance broker did for you. They understand the market. They shop the market. They find that shipper the best deal on moving his freight, and they do all the work. Okay. Kevin, I'll I'll skip one of my other questions. Let me talk about that. Okay. Uh, I I, I use one broker now virtually all the time. They find my load round trip, and and they dispatch it. And I'm, I'm running between $1.65 and $1.72 consistently all the time through the truck. I have – I, uh, I think that's awesome. I have been recommending that model and, for years. And they and they charge me 2.5% if I want to use their quick pay, which is overnight. And I, I use it just so it will help our cash flow. I don't have to, but right. maybe someday I won't. But, you know, when I recommend this broker to other people, it's – I do once in a while. They say, well, how much is the broker taking? I don't have a clue. Exactly. Right. I know what he gives me. He, he, he sends me an email and tells me what the load pays, and I'm damn happy with it. And I but, have no clue what he's making. I don't care if he's making 50%. Exactly. I exactly. I, I couldn't agree with you more, and this is what people get so hung up about. I, I don't care when I buy something from somebody – I don't care what their profit on it is. That's none of my business. All I care about is here's what you're offering me. Do I like the value for the price I have to pay? Now, in this case, we're actually the owner-operators. We're actually the ones selling the service. But why do we care what the broker makes on this load? It's irrelevant. If you care what the broker makes, if you truly do – then you need to skip the broker and go directly to the shipper. And, and good luck with that. Right. I mean, I'm not saying it right. can't be done, but good luck. You will find out why that broker earns the money that they earn. That was kind of my question today. 
um, what do brokers do? And you would, well, you wouldn't be shocked. You're around this industry. You hear it all the time. Oh, they don't do anything. They're sitting in a room with a phone and an Internet connection. No, that's not what they do. If that's all they did, they wouldn't exist anymore. Nobody would pay them to do that. The broker does a lot of work. And if you want to know how much work they do, then I recommend, and I'm not talking to you, I'm talking in general, you get this, go to the shipper and try to get that freight yourself then. We have a lot of specialized loads that I couldn't get. I can get some of the stuff, but I can't get some of the specialized loads they deal in because we have we have criteria we got to meet to haul these loads, and the broker sees to it that he has certain trucks that can do it. Yep, that that's part of the work he's doing. Um, even if and, and again, I'm not saying he can't go do this, but it requires sales experience, requires a lot of time to go out and knock on doors and hear no, 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 no about a hundred times before you hear a yes, then after you get the freight, you actually have to service that customer. That shipper has a lot of needs and wants, and and the broker supplies those things to the shipper. If you want to go compete with the broker, you have to figure out how you're going to supply all that value to the shipper because that's what they want. As far as the ELD question, I, I don't have an answer for why I don't like it, but being honest, I want to be able to cheat. I want to be able to <laughs> okay. go out I, here and drive for a few hours. I want to be able to lay down and take a two-hour nap. If I get held up for five or six hours, I want to be able to drive a little later and back my log up because I don't like so, to drive all night. So I'm a safer driver not driving all night. That is so an that, excellent that's, that's answer. That's my answer. That, but, and but, honestly, I not, think that's an excellent answer. We have cow haulers out here. They can't wait for them to sign that deal in so they don't have to do it. They want to be able to run four to 6,000 miles a week, and they think they ought to be able to do that. Well, to me, they ought to have to put another driver in their truck. Well, yeah, and we could argue all kinds of those things. Let's go back to your answer. I think that's one of the best answers I've heard. Very few people can articulate that really well. And you just did. So here's my response to that. I completely agree with you. That would be my problem. But, and this is what I'm trying to get to, that's not an ELD problem. Well, technically it is because you were just very honest about this. You want to be able to cheat. And the ELD makes it much more difficult to do that. So our real problem is with hours of service, not with ELDs. Right. I I, I don't think the industry... When it comes to ELDs, I don't think they should uh, treat us all the same. You know, well, but wait you know, a minute. Hold on. What you're really saying is the hours of service should not treat us the same. Right. Correct. Right. Different. Different. Uh, well, just like the the guys that are home every night, and and you know they they maybe should be on a little different deal than me. I'm out here on the road all the time. Well, technically, they are. But, most guys that are home every night can fall under that 150-mile rule and not do a log at all. Yep. Um, so there are – Yeah, there are – local cow haulers, that's what I was telling them. I said, you, I said, you guys can haul fat cows into the packing house and stay in a 150-mile radius. And they said, no. We have, usually almost, almost every day they give us a 200-mile run. Then we come home and run the short one. And they said, 
we are not going to be able to run like we did before. We're, you know, by the time you, you have to sit waiting to load them cows, sit waiting to unload them, very few days can they yeah. squeeze in what they've been Here. doing on electronic logs. Here's my point on this. We have these groups that are fighting. The one specifically I keep seeing on Facebook is called ELD or Me. It's got like 18,000 members. They're going to do this big protest. My point is they're making the wrong arguments. They're making these arguments about, but I can't stop the clock, but I can't do this. But I, I, Those are all hours of service issues. Those are not ELD issues. And we're, my point to them is if they want to be effective, one, they missed the boat because they are way, way late to the party. The groups that wanted this have been working on this for decades. The listening session started over five years ago, and very few drivers and owner-operators went to those sessions. Nowhere near 18,000 of them like they have in this group now. So not only are they way, way, way late to the party, they are also fighting all the wrong battles. All right. Well, good stuff. Thanks for the call. Oh, uh, did you want to talk about the DD-13 versus the DD-15? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've heard you say a DD-13 kind of way ago, and I've heard Bruce say a DD-15. Well, I had a friend that got him a 13, and he cannot get as good a fuel mileage as I do with this MX-13. Well, uh, one of the things we have to be careful of are those head-to-head comparisons. Because there are way, way, way too many variables ever to say, oh, well, that guy had the DD-13 and he doesn't get as good a fuel economy. I could find... Well, he's done fif- nothing to his truck. He's done, he's done nothing to it. No, I, I get that. But I could find 52 reasons why we can't do that head-to-head comparison. So I, I always avoid right. those. Those are... That's just not good information. I, I so am... I, I, told him he should, I told him he needs a Pittsburgh tune-up. Did I tell him right? Oh, Absolutely. I mean, I don't care what engine it is. When we tune it properly, we can really improve performance and fuel economy. My my reason, I don't think a 15-liter is necessary. They're bigger, they're heavier, they're more expensive. We can get all kinds of power out of that 13-liter and really good fuel economy. It takes up less space, it weighs less, it costs less, and we can get better, everything else being equal. We can get better fuel economy out of a 13-liter than we can a 15. Now, that doesn't mean that every 13-liter on the road is going to get better than every 15-liter on the road. Well, one of the things he looked at, he was saving a lot of money when he bought it. He bought a used DD-13 and the 15 quite a bit more. And that's when you look at the overall lifetime cost. I can run a DD-13 for a lot less money over a million miles than a 15. But we, in this industry, we tend to keep looking bigger and bigger and bigger. And and it's not always the best way to go. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
champions Harvey and Irma. Shelters are open, truckloads of supplies are being distributed, and volunteers are in place. If you'd like to help, please visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS or text either Harvey or Irma to 90999 to make a $10 donation. That's 1-800-RED-CROSS or text Harvey or Irma to 90999. Message and data rates may apply. Equifax, the credit bureau, breached. 143 million of you had your personal data exposed. Retired FBI agent Art Fitzenmayer warns that a crime wave called home title fraud may be coming. The Equifax breach likely exposed your home's title and loan record. Cyber thieves can see the equity you have in your home, and they want it. And because everything's online, they simply forge a few documents with your signature, refile, and take over title. Then they borrow money on your home and drain all your equity. You won't even know until you get hit with foreclosure notices. Look, no identity theft protection or homeowner's policy covers this. Home Title Lock does. Just pennies a day helps protect your most valuable assets, your home. Put an online barrier around your home's title with Home Title Lock. Sign up and get your home's title history a $60 value free. Visit HomeTitleLock.com and use promo code PROTECT. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code PROTECT. Think about it. You've got some great photos on your phone, but what are you doing with them? If you don't have FreePrints yet, you've got to get it. FreePrints is the free five-star app for iPhone and Android that lets you print all of those photos for free. You get 1,000 free 4x6 photo prints a year. All you pay is a small shipping and handling charge. You can even print photos at other sizes for next to nothing. Using the FreePrints app is easy. Just select the photos you want to print, whether they're on your phone or on Facebook or Instagram. Choose the sizes, and you're done. Your premium quality free prints will arrive on your doorstep in just days. If you're still one of those people who hasn't discovered one of the world's favorite apps, download Free Prints Now at FreePrintsNow.com and start enjoying real, professional quality free prints. The app is free and so are the prints. No subscriptions, no commitments, just free prints. Go to FreePrintsNow.com to get the app and your 1,000 free prints. That's FreePrintsNow.com. Truck drivers. Martin drivers average $1,200 a week, including $20 per hour for detention, trailer maintenance, and inclement weather pay. Since Martin's pay plan is built around e-logs, Martin knows how valuable your time is and has spent the past five years building an industry-leading pay plan to keep drivers earning even when the wheels aren't rolling. Make the move to Martin today. Call 888-239-5746 to apply or visit driveformartin.com. The Dave Nemo Show, 7 a.m. East. Your talk and conversation open to uh, everybody in trucking. Road Dog Trucking Week. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're going to get right back to the phone calls. We're off to Texas. Jim, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? I, too. I, too. I, I have a ELD comment and a truck question. Okay. Um, you know, I, too, have a problem with the hours of service. <laughs> I just, you know, I've, I've been 
you know, 30, 40 years now, I will go to the closest place I can possibly get breakfast and a cup of coffee as close to the receiver as possible. You know, and then I'll get up, I'll have breakfast, use the bathroom, clean up, go to the shipper. You know, I start my log when I get to the shipper. It's, you know, I, I drive 58 miles an hour, I log 61, which is pretty much just driving through that half an hour break, so I gain the fuel mileage without, you know, pushing the truck and working my way out of it. Right. So uh, same thing. I, you know, I want to cheat, it's, and it's it's a non-issue for me because I drive a '93 Peterbilt, and I'm exempt from the ruling anyway. Uh, but I did uh, over the last two truck shows donate $500 to Oida's war chest to fight it. Uh, you know, just on principle because I thought, you know, really they're they are the the only group out there that is not the only, but but I mean. Well, they're politically active, and they have an in in a way that they could have possibly fought it back. Well, it, you're right, and whether you agree with them or not, many, many times I don't agree with their stance on a lot of things. But if you were truly against the ELDs, this group with 18,000 people, I, I've been through their post. I don't see them really reaching out to, to partner with OIDA, and I think that's a big mistake. Oida does have the money and the resources, no, you know, and they're already fighting this battle. So now we got this other group that's just going to run off willy-nilly and, and go protest in D.C., which I think, if it's like anything, any other trucking protest we've seen, it's either going to be a complete failure because nobody will show up, or it'll be a success because a lot of people will show up, but all they'll manage to do is piss off a bunch of people who are going to resent all the traffic holdups and not understand why they're even there. Yeah, a lot of people are going to get tickets. A lot of people are going to get their truck towed away. <laughs> and it's going to make absolutely no difference whatsoever Correct. in the end game. Right. Correct. So I, I'm with you. The hours of service have real problems in the real world. That's where yeah. we should have been. But but what I don't understand with these groups is if they are that passionate. The hours of service have been around since 1938. I, why are we picking right. two months before the ELD mandate goes into place to start protesting this stuff? Where were they when well, you know, when that? Why weren't they just protesting the hours of service all this time or at the very least? I realize we got lazy. We didn't have to fight against hours of service because it was really easy to cheat. Right? We're, it, that's just being honest. It was easy to cheat, and we, we did. And I'll put myself into that group. I cheated on logbooks. There were a lot of years I didn't cheat on logbooks because I was in an operation where I didn't have to. But when I ran regular freight over the road, I cheated on logbooks. I... It, so we got lazy. We didn't fight hours of service because it was easy just to cheat. But in 2012, when they started the listening sessions on ELDs, where were all these people? I don't know. I, I always took it as, you know, it was, it was kind of the trucking industry's dirty little secret. You know, it's like we need to use the bathroom in the morning. We need to wash up. You know, it's nice to get a cup of coffee. If you have to go wait at a shipper so your day doesn't start, you're going to miss out on that unless you're 
at one of the few shippers that actually cares about truck drivers, you, you know, or receivers or whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've walked into a few that have had Couric machines there, but, you know, the majority of them, no. You know, and you got to walk through their warehouse to use their bathroom, and then you got to get into safety gear and a, and a hard hat. Uh, you know what? Is no, I, I you know, I'll, I'll find a truck stop within 15 miles. <laughs> you know, I agree. Nothing happens. I, I mean, if I don't, I don't buy fuel. I don't get a ticket. I don't go across a, a license plate camera. Uh, I'm just going to start my logbook half an hour before I leave that place. Exactly. Right. And we've all done that. That, that's how we manage to maximize our hours with without running multiple logbooks. It, it was easy to make up a couple hours here, a couple hours there. ELDs are going to stop that. Here's something I just thought of as you were yes, talking. I, I forget. This must have been, I don't know, six, seven, maybe even ten years ago. I forget this, but I'm pretty sure it was OIDA. There was a big campaign going on, and I don't remember what this was all about. But if it was a wide, I won't swear by it, but I think it was. They were promoting the fact that everybody should drive 55 miles an hour and everybody should be very strict on their hours of service to prove some point. I don't even remember what the point was. Well, now we're that was the trucking bozo. Now we're fighting the same idea. I, I think that was actually yeah. a good idea because I like driving slow. Yeah. It's really efficient. And if we actually followed the hours of service, it would highlight all of the problems it creates. These shippers and receivers would be screaming that they can't get their freight moved. But we've always cheated on their behalf. So if nothing else, the ELD mandate may bring the real problem to light, which is hours of service. It's not necessarily, you know, the only good answer to why you're against ELDs, and this is my answer, I don't want one more damn regulation from the government, and I don't want one more person looking over my shoulder. That's my only complaint about ELDs. I don't like it, it's intrusive, and we don't need it. That would be my answer. Right. But other than that, almost every single complaint I've seen is really a complaint about hours of service, not about ELDs. Yes. So let's start fighting the correct battle, at least. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, truck problem. Sure. I've got a, I've got a 1993 Peterbilt 379. It's stretched out. I'm running a 350-inch wheelbase. Um, I've got a 101-inch sleeper, and then I've got a Harley behind that. Um, I was having tire problems because I was running 10,000-pound tires, all-position tires on the front. I think they were 336 Bridgestones, uh, which is a taller tire, but it's on a 22-inch rim. I think the guy that I bought it from was trying to level it out because he had to run big tires on the front. So he's running low pro 24 fives on the back. And then he was running these 336s on the front. And when I went to the truck show and I was talking to the uh, your tire guy, you know, the, the one, not your tire guy, you know what I'm talking about. Chad. Uh, he said, you need, yeah, you need to get those 336s off and put a set of steering tires on. So I did on the 22.5 rims, 
And then I had a front end problem, and I went to a shop, and all of a sudden the guy is pulling these spacers and everything else out of here. All I saw was metal flying out the side of the truck. He's going, this don't belong here, this don't belong here, this don't belong here. So, okay, now your front end's set up right. But my drive shaft is rattling like I have the deflation valve. Hold on. I, I'm, you know what I mean? You know I, that rattle that you get? Yeah. I'm, I'm confused about uh, something, though. Let, let's go back to the front okay. end. Somebody put new okay. tires on the same rims you've already had, right? Yeah, I had I have twenty two rims in the twenty two no. rims in the front, right? And twenty four right. rims on let, the drive. Let, okay. Let's stick with the front for a second. Then you went to another shop, okay. and and you said he started throwing metal and space. What was he getting rid of? What was in there, and who put it in there? I had a um, I I broke off the, the nub on the leaf spring on my axle. Okay. But again, I'm not sure what, what, what know, the, the, who, who the put all pin, this? The center pin that holds. The, yeah. Yeah. Who, who put all this extra metal in there? What was it? Why was it there? The guy that owned the truck before me. I have no idea why it was in there. He had spacers on the bottom. He had stuff on top. Um, yeah, it was funny because actually Pittsburgh Power found the broken nub. I didn't. But um, so anyway, so they, I went to a front end shop, a reputable frame and alignment place, uh, and he pulled a bunch of stuff out of there that he said didn't belong. And now my frame, frame to the ground in the front is 29 inches. Frame to the ground at the tail end is 33 inches. And what I think is happening is I'm teeter-tottering off that front axle. I, I would, you know, my, my yeah, th- th- this, is, this is not an easy question to answer on the air because I can't see all this stuff. I, I would get this, you know, you, you talk to Chad, I would get this to Chad or somebody like that and let them look this whole thing over and figure out what's going on. Honestly... Tire-wise, I would put an XZA2 on that front tire. It's got a fantastic weight rating, very low rolling resistance, but but that's not really your issue right now. I would have somebody who knows what they're doing go through this whole suspension setup and figure it out because I'm honestly a little confused, um, and I can't see it. I'm going to get to a break. We'll be right back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. side to the rubber side, so to speak. Road Dog Truck and Radio. Continuing service for the professional driver. The Dave Nemo Show. For everything trucking and more. 6 a.m. East. 7 a.m. Central. It's got a very therapeutic sound. Exclusively on Road Dog Trucking Radio. And on the Sirius XM app. This is Ton Ossiard with Creek Carrier Corporation. I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you. Thank you to all of America's truck drivers that are out there safely delivering America's freight. Truly, without truck drivers, America stops. And with that, I want to again say thank you to all the Creek Carrier, Schaefer, and Hunt drivers. And those of you that aren't drivers with Creek Carrier, this is a great opportunity to join our team. Please take a moment to check us out at creekcarrier.com. 
Thank you again, and be safe. Hemorrhoids. The pain, itching, and swelling can be unbearable. Too bad hemorrhoid creams like the yellow box you're using typically treat only one symptom. Now there's Recticare Complete Hemorrhoid Care System with two effective medicines that provide multi-symptom relief in easy-to-use wipes plus a cream for at-home use. Recticare Complete has the highest concentration of lidocaine to stop pain and itching and phenylephrine HCL to reduce swelling without a prescription. Get Recticare Complete for noticeable results after the first use at Walgreens, CVS Pharmacy, and Rite Aid. Message and data rates may apply. Dear Southern New Hampshire University, thank you for making my mommy so happy. Because of SNHU, Daddy does his homework with me. Mommy and I are going to school. We both learn a lot. Now you can get that degree you've always wanted without sacrificing precious family time. Introduce yourself to Southern New Hampshire University. Our high-quality online programs are designed for people like you, busy adult learners who want to improve their careers on their own terms. Get degree information and see how to apply online by texting the word WISH77 to 554433. Our personalized online approach provides all the individual individual flexibility, support, and encouragement needed every step of the way. And because we're nonprofit, our tuition is amongst the lowest in the country. Thanks, SNHU. Great job, Mommy. Take the first step. Get degree information and see how to apply online by texting WISH77 to 554433. Southern New Hampshire University. See yourself succeed. Text WISH77 to 554433. I'm Jeff Eno from the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update. And we have indeed seen some of the winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories in the big sky country. We saw that earlier for parts of Montana and then parts of Wyoming did see some of the snow showing up. Uh, we're still looking at uh, some of the scattered snow showers into uh, those areas. I-94 seeing more rain, though, as you make your way through Montana. Still some snow at the higher elevations as we get into parts of Wyoming and still seeing some of that also into areas west of Denver at the higher elevations in Colorado. Still some stormy weather out there, and we are still looking at the severe weather threat Maybe dipping down into Oklahoma, but then running all the way up into the UP. Scattered storms, we have seen those along 94, down into uh, areas along 90 as we make our way into Minnesota, and then down into Iowa. Scattered storms also for parts of Texas. I'm Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers. Twice an hour on the Road Dogs, Sirius XM 146, and on the Sirius XM. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're going to get right back to the phone calls. We're off to Minnesota. Bob, welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Kevin. What's on your mind today? The, uh, well, I was going to talk about the ELDs. Um, you know, your three, uh, three things you have. I have both positives and negatives, I guess, so. I'm going to start off with the negative aspect uh, so that I can stay positive as much as possible. But um, the negative side for me, uh, as of right now, I'm just a company driver, so really I have no skin in the game besides pushing my damn login ID into the computer. But um, it, 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 the, the aspect of it for me is the whole, the number one thing is the big brother aspect. You know, I mean, we're, we are all adults out here, and, you know, we should be treated such as, and 
the government saying that they can't trust us, basically. So they're putting a computer system in everybody's truck in order to make sure we all comply, you know. So that aspect is, I, you know, that's the number one thing to me is the whole big brother aspect. Um, the Let- second one is uh, for the owner-op aspect that the initial cost of the system, and I know it's just a uh, business expense, but, you know, I mean, it's the monthly charges that go along with the system, the upkeep of the system and whatnot, you know, and the initial price of the system. Uh, it's a burn on, you know, most most owner-ops out there. It's not a big company aspect, but, you know, one, two truck fleet, you know, one, two truck people. And another thing is the government eliminating me to be able to, to make money, you know, um, telling me when I can work and how much uh, how much money I can work in a given day. It, you know, it's like that last caller said, it, it, it comes along to the hours of service more issue than it does the ELD. But with the paper log, you can you can cheat the system. You know, so you, can, you can make time up and you can take time away from you on paper log where you can't do that with an EOD. So these are I, I, these are really good answers, and I think this is the kind of conversation where we'll actually get somewhere. So let me address what you said. The big brother aspect, I completely get. That's that's my problem with this. I don't want more government regulation. We already have way too much as it is. The cost, I'm, I'm going to just pass on that one right now. I, I get it. I agree it's another cost of doing business, but I want to talk about your first and your third. You, we have a set of rules we're supposed to be following. Basically, the government with the LDs is saying, look, we know you don't follow the rules. We need a better way of enforcing the rules. Your third argument actually strengthens the government's point of view. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm saying this is why we need to get down to the correct issue. We're spending way too much time arguing about ELDs. You said the government wants to use ELDs because they say we're cheating. And then in your third argument, you say, if I have paper logs, I can cheat. I, I yep. agree with you. Well, I mean, I, it's the hours of service that's the issue. Kevin. Correct. It's not the ELDs. Exactly. You know? that, that's why I, I mean, think we need to have better conversations and better arguments. And, and I completely well, agree with you. This is an hours of well, service I, issue. I got into it. Oh, oh sorry. No, go ahead. I got into it with another uh, a show of the, earlier this week with the with the, with a person um, uh, on this channel, and um, uh, I was like, you know, the the whole FEMA and them taking the uh, uh, hours of service away from the the, the the fuel truck drivers and they the aid, and I totally understand the reason why because it's uh, it, it's needed or whatnot, but I mean. So just because you're working for the government now, you're a limit, you, you don't have to obey for the hours of service. Right. So, I mean, there's there's something to, you know, that you should, you know, it's not me per se, but the, the whole industry should step up and say, well, you're telling me that just because I'm working for the government, I cannot have to obey the hours of service. I, I, you know, I mean, I lived in, I live in northern Minnesota <laughs> and I did haul fuel back in the day and when it got cold and we were running out low on number one up here, the, they, the governor did that also. He lift I, the hours of service for fuel truck delivery guys. 
I, it's like I was working 18, 19 hours a day. I, I couldn't you agree know? with you more on this point. This one makes me a little crazy. Everybody who wants an exemption, like all the, the livestock haulers, and their argument is, but wait a minute, once I hook up to, once we load those, that livestock on the trailer, they immediately start losing weight. And we get paid by the weight. So the longer it takes us to get there, the less money we make. If they're going to get an exemption over that, all we're saying is a couple of dollars per cow are more important than somebody's life. Because the whole point of hours exactly. of service, the whole point of hours of service exactly and, and ELD's demand and, and to enforce it is because the government says if we don't manage your driving time, you could kill somebody. But then on the other hand, they'll turn around and say, oh, we really need supplies down in South Florida, so go ahead and kill people. It'll be okay. Exactly what I was saying, thinking, too, and it's like, you know, those, those bull haulers, and I'm not dogging on the, the, the people, the, the cattle haulers, but, you know, I mean, they're saying because, you know, they hook up to uh, a trailer full of cattle and it, you know, they lose weight or whatnot, but What's the difference? I, if I hook up to a reaper and the damn reaper's running, I'm wasting money <laughs> right there. Exactly. You know? Or if I hook right. up to a trailer pull, pulling general freight, I'm losing money because I can't go, but you can? I mean, right. uh, <laughs> it, it's just mind-blowing that, that you know, certain people get exemptions. And I, I pull for the U.S. Postal Service right now, and, and I guess they're in a, a battle trying to get an exemption out of this uh, – ELD rule too, but because we're on a time-sensitive uh, runs, you know, or whatnot, and it's like it, 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 it's so it's so mind-boggling that these certain groups of people get exemptions from well, the, the rules that we all are supposed to obey by. Well, come on, I understand the po- I understand the post office thing, you know. So we kill a couple people <laughs> here and there, but you get your junk mail a day earlier. <laughs> yeah, right, and that. But, well, let's go to a lighter note. My three positives about ELDs, um, I guess the number one thing is it will bring up the hours of service aspect. I mean, when we have parking lots full of tru- uh, 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 trucks and we have trucks sitting out on the interstate because we can't go anywhere and whatnot, you know, I mean, uh, that will bring up an issue. So that's one positive. The other thing is, hell, I don't have any paperwork I have to turn in at the end of the week. Uh, you know, so there's less stress for me in that aspect. And the third is, uh, and I'm just coming from you, uh, from a company guy, you know. Um, the third thing is, I guess, uh, you know, I just turn the paperwork in and go home, you know. Uh, or the, the, I just push a button on the damn screen and I get to go home. Yep. But the whole, the whole thing is, you know, uh, if I was over the road, and I, I've been driving truck now for 17 years, and, you know, uh, four, uh, excuse me, 10 of them, which five of those 10 years were, I was my own owner op. Uh, but I had a certain dollar amount that I wanted to make in that day. And if I didn't make that dollar amount in that period of time, even as a company driver, it wasn't worth my time being over the road, you know? Right. It wasn't worth me being out there at, if I didn't reach that certain dollar amount. And I had a certain mileage that I had to get to get to that dollar amount, especially when I was a company driver, you know. And it was – and now the government is telling me that I can't, you know. I, I they, they don't trust me to 
I, I guess, not obey their system, you know, because really well, that's what you're doing is not obeying the law. But you have to yeah. in order to make a living, you know. Again, I, I let's go back over those because I the the first two you talked about, those, that was my exact answer. I, it, it will bring to light the hours of service problems, so maybe we'll finally get some real good legislation on hours of service, I hope. Um, if this doesn't do it, then nothing will. The fact that you don't have to screw around with logbooks and paperwork, I think that's an awesome uh, benefit to this. I, 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 don't, I, I don't like it for one reason. I just don't like the government, and I don't like more regulations. That, that's my only reason for not wanting them. Um, I agree with your first two. The third one for me was, if you understand supply and demand, the only thing that this can possibly do is make rates go up. Here, here's the other thing I find really funny, now that we're going to talk about that. Supply and demand dictates most of the rate. It, people have a very hard time understanding that, so it's hard to talk to people who don't understand those concepts, but it does. So if we limit supply of trucks and drivers which the ELD mandate is going to do. One, we have a lot of drivers who say they're going to quit. We'll see if that really happens or not. But even if they don't, I'm going to cut you loose and I'll finish this up when I come back from the break. Um, Even if they don't quit, it will still limit supply because we're going to be forced to run by these rules that we used to cheat. If that happens, then rates have to go up. That's a good thing. That's what we all want. We all want higher rates. I'm going to talk about that more when we get back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothenberg. issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1 800 700 9920. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1 800 700 9920. You could save up to 70%. That's 1 800 700 9920. 1 800 700 9920. Any coffee drinkers out there? Yeah, me too. Well, have you heard about VitaCup? It's the coffee everybody's talking about. VitaCup is delicious, vitamin infused coffee in recyclable, BPA free single serving pots. 
Personally, I can't get enough of this stuff. Vitacup's unique vitamin blend helps me feel energized throughout the day. No more midday crash. Like many of you, I take care of myself. The yoga, the gym, eat right, whatever it takes. But it's not always enough. The right vitamins, the ones in Vitacup, have really made a difference. Vitacup is packed full of B6 for stress and weight, B12 for energy, D3 to boost my immune system, all the key essentials, and again, it's a super tasty cup. Vitacup offers several coffee flavors and a supercharged green tea that, in fact, I'm drinking right now. Do yourself a favor. Visit Vitacup.com and use the code RADIO20 for 20% off your first order. That's RADIO20 at V-I-T-A-C-U-P.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Owner-operators, does your truck need an engine overhaul but you lack the cash or credit? Is your bruised credit preventing a truck purchase? Call CAG Truck Capital. Good credit. Credit, bad credit, startups, and even bankruptcy. Qualify for your loan over the phone at 800-932-CASH. 800-932-CASH. Mention promo code TRUCKS1 and get $500 off your first payment. Call 800-932-CASH. Get the cash you need and get back on the road at 800-932-CASH. If you got it, I'll bet just about anything that a truck brought it. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Series section. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. So, to finish up my thought on that, I think one of the positives to the ELDs, since we should be looking for the positives, because it's coming, I think one of the positives is rates should go up. We all want rates to go up. I hear that all the time. Every time I talk about anything in this industry, rates are too low, brokers are ripping us off, on and on and on and on. So we all want better rates. The whole say no to cheap freight thing. We all want better rates. Yet I see this group fighting ELDs, and one of the arguments they're making, they're trying to convince the general public that ELDs are going to raise the cost of everything. Well, how would that happen? Well, that would happen because rates would go up. So is this group telling me these 18,000 owner-operators that are going to go protest in D.C. for a week, are they telling me that they do not want rates to go up, that they would rather rates stay low so that we don't raise the cost of all the products on the store shelves? Is that what they're telling me? Because, again, these groups are making really, really bad arguments, and this is a really stupid argument to make, to try to convince the public that the public should be against this because rates will go up, and then on the other hand, always arguing that rates are too low? Unbelievable. Let's, uh, let's get back to some phone calls. Let's go to Alabama. Joseph, welcome to the program. Yeah, hi, good afternoon, Kevin. And uh, as always, thanks for all that you do in the health aspect and the business aspect. You're welcome. Uh, First thing, you know, I was, I was waiting for you to really stress that supply and demand. I wish that you would pose that question to the people who oppose 
ELDs and ask them to explain, you know, <laughs> that supply and demand, I, what they think it means. I, I, I tr- like you said. I tried. Course. Yeah, it, it's I, it's so frustrating because if, if you can't even – if they don't even understand the basic concept, which they don't, they, you, you try to ask them that question and they just deflect out to ten other things. And so you just get nowhere with it. And and that's kind of my frustration is that it's hard to have a good debate about this and actually get to solutions if most of the people fighting it don't even understand the basic concepts. Okay. Um, the FEMA thing, I, I think that's a stupid argument because FEMA is, what, for a couple days a week? I mean, a person can, you know, go short on sleep for that long, but to say, oh, we let them drive as many hours as they want, so why shouldn't everybody get to do it all the time? That's, I mean, that's stupid. Like I said, it's, it lasts for a couple days to a couple weeks. It's not that long that people are exempted from the hours of service. Well, even a couple then, days I, I kind of could see. If we started, I, I mean, really, we can sh- if we want to actually talk about studies, which we almost never do, you can become sleep deprived really quickly and it definitely affects your ability to drive safely. Now, I've always said I, I would scrap the hours of service completely and start over because it doesn't work with the way our bodies really work. Nobody can put us on a schedule and guarantee that we'll be safe all the time. It's just not going to happen. But I find it ironic that we push these hours of service so hard, but we're always willing to lift them just so we can, you know, make up a couple days somewhere in an emergency or, I mean, what about the livestock haulers? Come on, really? We think that a couple pounds on these cows is more important than, or what we're saying is, you know what, look, these hours of service things really aren't that important anyway. They're not making anybody any safer. So if we scrap them for a week or two, no big deal. You can't have it both okay, ways. Well, I, I disagree. They're, okay. they're I, either I disagree with you on this. I... Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I either think that, that hours uh, of service are important to safety or they're not. I don't think you can have it both ways. Again, if someone were to, like I said, I disagree with this idea that, oh, you're saying you want the government out of it. The hours of service are also meant to protect the driver from a company having rough shot on them and telling them, look, do this, do this. No, you only get two hours of sleep. You need to be a man. So it's it's also for the protection of the employee to keep the uh, company man from telling them, hey, I- you only need two hours of sleep. So it's it's that aspect, too. And that's why I, 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 told, I think there's no way that we should ever be given our own free will to – choose and i mean whenever i read about truck accidents it's i mean it always comes out that the the dummy was driving you know 100 hours a week or only taking four hour rest breaks so it's just it's common sense that you you have people out here that um will do anything when it comes to money money and women are the things that cause people to do (laughs) stupid things and to take the reins off and say, you know what, just go go by however you feel. If you feel you don't feel tired, you know, go drive as much as you want. I, I, I don't think that would ever work. So now I now here's a topic we can agree on, at least the first part of it, where you said the hours of service 
and this is what the other the groups tend to forget too. And again, they're making a lousy argument, which is really my point in this whole discussion. It's not so much about who's right or who's wrong or what hours of service should be or should we have ELDs. My real point is this industry is really bad at making good arguments, and that's why we always feel like we lose. But you are absolutely right. The hours of service were put in place to protect the driver from what you just talked about. But yet this group keeps using the statements, we are punished by the hours of service. They're punishing us with the hours of service because we can't make money under these rules. So, again, they're making a lousy argument. That, that's really my point. So I, I'm with you. It, you either want these things in there to protect you. See, I, I, I'm just that really independent guy. I don't need protection from somebody else. I realize there are people that need that protection. I, I, I feel sorry for them. I, I can make decisions on my own. Nobody's going to force me to go do something unsafe. I also, when I did drive over the road and was subject to hours of service, I cheated. And I think I cheated in a way that made me safer than the hours of service, not less safe. Because the, the hours of service are flawed. They, they don't fit the way our bodies work. They don't fit the way the real world works. I don't know if there is a good answer to how you structure hours of service or not. I've tried to sit down and come up with better rules, and it's hard because the only way to come up with better rules are to allow people to have more flexibility in those rules. But as soon as you allow more flexibility, then you're right. You have that idiot that will just run 100 hours until he's exhausted and kills somebody. Yeah, and he's not doing it intentionally because everybody thinks, oh, I can just make it make it a little bit further. So I'm not right. saying that there's some evil-hearted people. No, I agree. It's just it's human nature. Money money can cloud judgment. It, it clouds a lot of people's judgment. But um, also, the uh, I don't think the hours of service is the problem. I think it's the money. And I think people would be very, very happy with the hours of service. If they were given a minimum wage um, and felt compensated for their time, we'd probably have more thorough pre-trips. People would probably slow down a lot more in construction zones, and when they got into traffic, the stress would be off of them because they'd know, look, I'm, I'm getting paid for my time. I'm not getting paid by the mile. I'm getting paid for my, for my time. Okay. Now, so this, is a, that's the problem. this is a good argument. Let's follow this to its logical conclusion. And again, these groups that are fighting the ELDs are making all the wrong arguments. They're saying, well, wait a minute, this will increase cost to everybody for everything. Okay, let's follow your logic, because I agree. There's a huge problem with the way we pay in this industry. Are we willing as a society to make sure that drivers get paid for all of their time? Because if we do and we want it to be a reason, minimum wage, whatever we decide, for all the time you're out there, you do know that will drive cost and transportation through the roof, right? No, not if you're paying people. Oh, no, the, of course uh, it does. Seven twenty-five. Oh, but plus, wait a minute. Plus the, uh... Either you're saying drivers don't make enough money right now based on all the time they have to put in, and if we have to pay them more, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, let's pay them more, let's pay them for all their time, 
are we willing to accept that that will drive the cost of transportation through the roof? It has to. You're telling me you're not paying them for all their time now. How can it not? Because if you're paying somebody seven twenty-five for the first eight hours, then the time and a half, plus you're p- paying them the per diem every day, you're paying them that, that amount, that $59, or whatever it is right now, that I think that people are going to be more productive because well, they're going to feel good about but But wait a minute. But wait a minute. There's it, so, it, such it, bad it, attitude around, out in this industry. I, no, I, so miserable. I, I get all that. Let me, let me put you on hold because I, I think we're missing the point here. I get what you're saying. I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to come back. We'll talk about that right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Seidel, a team driver advisor at Schneider. I drove teams with Schneider for 16 years, and it's my goal to help new teams enjoy it as much as I did. Schneider van truckload team drivers can surpass $70,000 per year each, totaling five to 6,000 miles a week, plus automated transmissions and electronic logs. Bring a partner or let Schneider help you find one. Team sign-on bonus of up to $10,000 per driver. Join the Schneider team at schneiderjobs.com. That's schneiderjobs.com. This is Jimmy. This is a flaming ghost pepper. Oh, no. It looks like Jimmy is about to eat that flaming ghost pepper. Jimmy shouldn't eat that flaming ghost pepper. And you shouldn't manage your own toll. Turn to Best Pass, the commercial toll management experts. Don't pull a Jimmy. Get Best Pass and save tons of time and money on toll. Learn more at GetBestPass.com. With Carrier 360 from J.B. Hunt, carriers of all sizes have access to a revolutionary new way to do business. Make an offer on the loads you want at pricing you help set. It's an online tool to manage your loads and get paid faster with free quick pay. We've put more than 55 years of experience into Carrier 360 from J.B. Hunt. It's easy to use our technology with your trucks to find your next load. Sign up for your account today at jbhunt.com slash carrier360. This is Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio. Can't find your team's game on your radio? Well, now you can if you get the SiriusXM channel number for your favorite team sent right to your smart device calendar. Just go to SiriusXM.com slash sports now and click add to my calendar and get a reminder with the radio channel number sent to you just before kickoff. Hear every NFL game all season long on SiriusXM and the SiriusXM app. Newton second ever touchdown right up midstream. Davino from the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update where we have seen some of the winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories. 
for parts of Wyoming and also into areas into Montana. And we're still looking at uh, some of the light snow showers into some of the areas east of 15, mostly rain showers as we made our way through Montana, and then some showers and storms as we moved a little farther east into the Dakotas along I-29. And then I-35, seeing some of those showers and storms into areas into Minnesota and dipping down all the way into parts of Kansas. The severe weather swath kind of going uh, south, possibly into Oklahoma, and then a narrow run all the way up into the UP where we have seen those scattered showers and storms. And even into areas east of I-27, as you get into Texas, we've seen some of the spotty storms there into Texas, also in the southwestern part of the state. I'm Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers. Twice an hour on the Road Dog, Sirius XM. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. Now, now, back to Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rothsford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. I'm going to go back to Joseph. So, Joseph, let me just make an example here. The average truck driver right now makes about 50000 a year, give or take. Let's just use that number. Under a new system of paying them for their time, hourly, any system we come up with, if they still only make $50,000 a year, you haven't accomplished anything. But if they make more than 50000 under the new system, then cost in shipping have to go up. No, but you, but you have again, it just the the person's attitude. I mean, if they feel they're being cheated all the time, they're more likely to make mistakes. They're more likely to have bad customer service. And I mean, I, like I said, I get my numbers. I run my numbers at the end of each year and divide. You know, the total hours I work, which I just say I work 70 hours a week, and to how much I make. And I average between 40 and $50 an hour every year after all my expenses. So I know if you paid somebody, you know, the 725 and then the time and a half after, if they worked every week, they'd be at about that $50,000 a year. But the, but the mindset would be completely different. I mean, people, you know, would feel that they're actually – you know, being paid for what they're doing rather than having if, to make all their money under stress oh, and but, anger and bitterness. But, okay. I, I kind of get what you're saying, but I have a really hard time agreeing with this. Here's why. No matter how you pay them, their day is not going to change. They're still going to deal with traffic. They're still going to deal with idiots. They're still going to deal with shippers and receivers that won't let them use the bathroom. They're still going to have a hard time finding parking. None of those, they're still going to be away from home. They're going to miss holiday. All those things that we complain about in trucking. How you pay them isn't going to change any of that. And if you haven't changed, no, it won't. And if you haven't changed the final number, they still only make 50000 a year to put up with all that stuff then all you're telling me is if they truly are happier after you make this change and they're going to make seven twenty-five an hour and time and a half, if, if they're going to be happier with that, all you're telling me is that they're too stupid to do the math because nothing changed. Yeah, okay, again, the, the time that they have to use to make the money is miserable time, whereas if they – sat at a dot for eight hours and they knew 
hey, I'm getting paid. Joseph, you Compared you are. To, oh, I got to drive aggressively. I got to drive fast. I got to deal with these buttholes on the interstate getting in my way. It's a completely different mindset. I, you're smart. They've done studies. They've done uh, behavioral studies about these kind of situations where but, someone. But do you understand? Even they receive the same reward because it was under different conditions, the people who received the same reward under the good conditions were still happy. That's sad. That's really sad. Don't you think? Because that's, that's, minimum, just, Kevin, that's just that's just ignorant. Minimum. That's just pure ignorance. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You're you're I, no, I don't I, care how you pay me. If at the end of the year I get $50,000 and I still had to sit at a dock, do all those things you say are so bad, but I ultimately get paid the same, I'd have to be ignorant to be happier with the second option. That makes no sense. And that, I mean, you can, you can say, say that for yourself, but you, you've never been an employee. For people who have punch the clock, the idea of having to sit for four or five hours, not get paid. No, they did get, they drive. did get they, paid, hey, Joseph. They, here's, here's this why. But wait, but wait a minute. They got paid exactly the same. They got the same amount of it money does. in their hand. How do you say they didn't get paid right. for that time? They did. Because because they had to work twice as hard to get it. They had to sacrifice well, wait, sleep. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold their, on. Their own, okay. Uh, now you're off on a – let me question you then because I'm, I'm confused. All you said we were changing was how we paid them. How does that change when they can sleep and when they can't sleep? Because with the hours of service, once you start your clock, you aren't stopping it. And they say, well, I'll just go to bed. I don't have to drive overnight because I'm getting paid for everything now. I don't have. Oh, I oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, to. okay. Now you're confusing two. To- hold, hold on. Everything it, should be logged on duty. Wait, Joseph. Wait a minute. Can't leave the truck and do your own thing. But okay. now we're confusing hours of service with pay. But let me take a step back to your example because I said if you're going to change the way they pay, we're going to drive cost up in shipping. Now what you're telling me is a driver who's getting paid by the hour, instead of driving overnight like he would have before, now he's just going to say, screw it, I'm going to bed, I'll do it tomorrow. That will double the cost right. of shipping. Now hey, we need twice as many like trucks. Oh, God, no, no, see, I just want to make sure we're arguing the correct point. You're, what you're saying is people need to be paid more and work less. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I'm saying it will drive the cost of shipping through the roof. If a driver can just I'm say, look, I, I, well, of course you are. You just said don't drive tonight because you don't have to. You're getting paid by the hour. Wait till tomorrow. No, that means don't, we need it to don't drive because you're out of hours. That's but that's I'm an saying. hours of service you're issue. That's not a pay issue. Again. You're getting paid for all of your time now. If you're waiting at a dock, you're on duty, you're getting paid your hourly rate. But, Joseph, you're you still, you, you right said it yourself, it now, you're still you only making 50000 a year. You're still only making the same amount of money you used to make. Again, you're, you're not doing it under the conditions that people have to do it now. And that's just a starting point, that 725 an hour. I'm just saying... 
everyone's going to get paid the, the bare minimum. If people want to pay more, they can pay more. Well, people can pay more now. Because, like I said, nothing stops anybody from paying more now. I mean, Walmart drivers make eighty. Walmart drivers make eighty thousand a year their first year. Right, but supply and demand. Well, that's because Walmart is doesn't have a bunch of third party. They're they're a lot of their stuff is direct. They, they oh, buy direct. No, they're, they're, they ship direct. They're a private oh. carrier. That's why they pay so well. Almost right. all private carriers right. do. Right. Because they don't make their money moving freight. They make their money selling the freight that you're moving. That private carriers always pay better. But but that's the point. In the trucking industry, there's only so much profit to go around. If somebody's going to get paid more, that means shipping rates have to go up. And I'm going to cut you loose. Those are all good points. Um, I, I don't disagree except for the fact that are we willing to drive the cost of transportation up to pay drivers more? If you don't pay them more, I I don't get the whole thing. I think you and I are just going to have to agree to disagree on that one. I don't see how paying me $50,000 a year in a different form makes me any happier I still had to do all the same work. In your argument of if, if I can just sit here tonight and not drive and get paid anyway, that will drive the cost of shipping through the roof. We'll need half again as many trucks on the road to move the same amount of freight in the same amount of time. It has to drive cost up. Let's go to Oregon. Sean, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. Uh, and what do you think about politics these days? <laughs> oh, boy. I think that may be the best thing that comes out of this whole ELD thing is we will finally get down to an argument about what really matters, which are the hours of service. That is right. And you know what? When I signed that dotted line as a driver, I knew what I was getting into. I knew I was going to end up sitting at the dock for three, four, five, six hours. I knew it. You know what? If we're going to complain about it, you don't like it. There's the door. Go join the union. Yep. Well, In fact, all you need is three drivers. Three drivers that want to join the union. You go to the union, the union will come into the company, and they will start a bargaining agreement. There you go. Hey, I know you've, you've got more. I've got to put you on hold. I'm going to come back to you right after the break, so don't go away. We've got lots more today. Pick up the phone and give me a call. Jump in the conversation. 8888 Road Dog. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
discovered Marin Morris on Sirius XM's The Highway back in 2015. Now, she's one of country music's fastest rising stars. And she's performing just for you in a private Sirius XM concert. Live from New York City's McKittrick Hotel. Hear Marin Morris with special guest Brian Hurd. Hear replays throughout the weekend. On the highway, Sirius XM Channel 56. And when you get out of the car with a Sirius XM app. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. 1-800-900-8407. Message and data rates may apply. Warning, texting while driving is illegal just about everywhere. So if you want 2020 vision and you're driving, pull over when you can. Because a life-changing offer is just one text away. The LASIK Vision Institute is now offering absolutely free evaluations and dramatically low prices on high-quality LASIK. Text the word CLEAR11 to 350350 to get the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology for a fraction of what others charge. Text to schedule your free appointment to see if LASIK is right for you. Results may vary. Don't miss out. When you text CLEAR11 to 350350, you'll also get an extra 20% discount off our already low-cost services. We've already performed over a million procedures. Today, it's your turn. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you've always wanted for a fraction of what others charge. This zero. That's C-L-E-A-R-1-1 to 350-350. If you still not refinance your mortgage, well, soon you may be kicking yourself in the head. Hi, I'm Wesley Hilton with Westland Financial, and interest rates have gone up recently, but they're still at historical lows. So don't delay. Let us lower your monthly payment, consolidate a first and second, pay off other debt, or drop you into a 15-year loan with no closing costs. Think about it. All it takes is a five-minute phone call to find out how we can save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars a year. Call Westland Financial at 888-615-3669. 888-615-3669. Lennox Financial Mortgage Corp. DBA Westland. NMLS number 3304. Not all loans apply. Equalizing lender. Road Dog Live with J.C. Phillips. going to be some great conversation. It's only going to be that way if you join us on the show. Weekdays from 4 to 7... Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. Still time to get through. In fact, in this last uh, 40 minutes or so in the show, it's always a little easier to get through, so keep dialing. Phone lines have been very busy today, but uh, you may have a shot here as we get closer to the end. I'm going to go back to Oregon. I was talking with Sean. Sean, go ahead. Hi, Kevin. And then one, one last comment that I had is that 
if you are a member of the voting, if you are a voting citizen in this country and you have the right to vote and you do cast your votes, you have the right to go to your uh, representatives in the uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. You have the right to go to your representatives in your state. And you have the right to call them and tell them. You have the right to write them letters, complain, tell them what you want, tell them what you dislike, tell them what your concerns are. And that way, they will, they will you know, if enough of us do this, they will listen. We are their constituents, and they will listen. But if you say that you're going to do it and you, and you don't do it, and if you don't vote, then you don't have a say. We've got to let our representatives in the capital of the state and of this nation what our concerns are. We've got to do it. You know, I could. Kevin, I, I don't know how many times you have beaten us down with with a metal bat. <laughs> but we've got to do it, drivers. It's as simple as that. You know what? I'm going to take. I, I'm going to. You. You're, you're welcome. I'm going to take that one step further, though. Because here's part of the problem. I, I, I agree with you. Look, the first step is you have to vote. Then you do have to reach out and get active in the political process. But here's another problem I well, see. Here, and, 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 and I think that's... Real quick, Kevin. Here, here's, one, here's one point. Um, the, our representatives, they will look. And to see if you voted. They have that capability to see if yes. you made that vote. If you don't, and if you don't vote, they're not going to listen. So couldn't agree with you more. Now, take this as an example in this group that I keep bashing because it's honestly one of the worst group efforts I've seen that they are making the worst arguments. Um, They've attracted the the lowest common denominator in our industry. And when they were complaining, I, I would just every I wouldn't I never called anybody names. I would just go in and I would say, which listening sessions did you attend that's all i would ask nothing else no no insults no nothing just which listen it because we've been having listening sessions on eld since 2012 and when i asked them which one did you attend they'd say none and i'd say well why not well they weren't convenient for me i didn't have time i can't afford to go into i mean they had all these excuses So now, after not getting involved in the process for five years because it was too inconvenient for them or they couldn't afford it, now they want everybody to take a week off and drive to Washington, D.C. to protest this. How does that make any sense? These listening sessions, Kevin, these listening sessions are live streamed over the Internet as well as. I know. I, I know. That, that's my point. It would have been so easy for these guys to get involved in the process, but they didn't. They were too lazy. That, that's what it comes down to. That, give me any excuse you want. If this was important to you, you would have gone. Now, all of a sudden, you are willing to take a week off and go clog the traffic around Washington, D.C., thinking that somehow it's going to help now. Well, it's just like the protesters going out and blocking the blocking the freeway, saying they're doing it for Black Lives Matter. Well, yeah, or or the, you know, let's break some windows, let's burn some things down. That's really going to help. Oh, 
I'm down that area right now. I'm down at uh, Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you I'm go. The yeah. Yeah. There you go. I it it, it so good. All right. Great comments. Thanks. I appreciate it. Let's head off to Texas. Ricky, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, Kevin? Good. They um, yeah. Well, yeah. I I was at Gats, and I I was the one that asked about the the hatred of brokers, which I I've overcome my hatred of brokers since I have to use them every day. But um, they um, what I was wondering is you had several questions that you wanted answers to. They um, I deliver groceries quite often, and a lot of the grocery stores have staging areas. Well, when when you get there, you check in. The security guard says, "All right, we'll call you or come get you." And when he comes and gets me, I have to check in the gate. He checks my scale, my my seal. Then I drive, uh, you know, a half mile, whatever, to the actual dock. I back in, and then I have to go in, turn in my paperwork. Then I have to talk to the lumper. Well, while I'm doing all this, this is on duty time, in my opinion. I'm on a paper log. Well, while I'm in line, I'm talking to these guys with ELDs, and they're telling me that their ELD has them in the sleeper, even though they're standing right beside me. So how is that not cheating? Well, it is. I mean, if we go by the letter of the law, that on duty is on duty. And, and so they're clearly, if they're able to manipulate their um, ELD that way, they're still cheating. Yeah, they, they tell me as long as they drive less than 15 miles an hour and the zip code don't change, and some of them have told me that from the guard shack to the actual shipping dock, the zip code will change, you know, how cities, yeah. you know, how yeah. that works. I don't know how that works. Uh, that uh, it they they get caught at it, but um, they can they can they can show up at but, three o'clock in the morning and log their fifteen minutes of checking in right then, and if they don't leave till twelve or two or three o'clock, they got their eight ten hours, and then they can drive all day long, even though they was woke up at six o'clock with only three hour nap. You know what I mean? No, I, I they they. They call every day to all these radio shows and call me a cheater when I start my logbook at 6 a.m. when the guard shack woke me up. Well, yeah, and technically you're the only one not cheating in, in that scenario you just gave me. Um, we all know yeah, so that there's lots of cheating going on on paper logs. I don't think anybody needs to argue that. We, we know that it happens. Whether or not you'll be able to cheat on an ELD, uh, it's going to be much more difficult, let's say that. And we don't know what the final requirements on these ELDs are going to be. There, There's technology oh, yeah. that will stop that problem that you just talked about pretty easily. There's a guy, there's a guy telling me he get, gets off the ramp going to the truck stop. As soon as he hits the stop sign at the bottom, he punches off duty. Then he drives over to the truck stop. He takes his 30-minute, hour break, whatever he wants to. And he don't – it automatically, once he hits 10, 15-mile-an-hour, whatever it is, 
it automatically puts it back on. He never has to touch it. He can be five miles away from the truck stop before it ever goes on duty. <laughs> so he he's already he's already made he's five miles down the road. Well, how did how did he get? He I, I mean, he went less than fifteen miles an hour for five miles. Yeah, it, it changed zip codes or something. I don't know how it works. You know, about well, one of the things you got to be careful of is a lot of these thing these are just truck driver stories. I'm not saying you can't cheat the ELD, but who's going to be stupid enough to drive for five miles at less than fifteen miles an hour just not to trigger the ELD? I don't even see how that would work. Well, Five it, miles is it, a uh, long way. It, 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 he might have he might have been doing thirty. He might have been doing fifty. Who knows? It's just on the the GPS on the mm-hmm. ELD that clicked it over. You know, no, if 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 he's doing steady. thirty miles an hour, but, that ELD is going to know that he's on duty. But at the same time, you also have these people that will hit their eleven and fourteen hours. I talk to these people on a daily basis because I'm. I'm trying to learn what I can get away with, you know, so, so I can cheat on an ELD, ELD since I'm a cheater to begin with. They um, they will drive over their 11 or over their 14 and, you know, or, or be at a shipper or receiver at their 14, and they have to leave like at the big box stores, you know. They won't let you stay there. You have to leave. And the, the dispatcher or their company will tell them, it's okay to drive as long as you put in there that you're searching for a safe haven. <laughs> well, you're still violating hours of service, correct? Exactly. And those are all the things that are going to have to get worked out. And that's where I think we're going to see, hopefully, real change to hours of service. Because that's the core problem is hours of service not being flexible enough. All these ways that that you just mentioned about cheating the ELD, not going to add up to much of anything. And they can crack down on all of those with the technology. We just don't know what the final technology is going to be yet. All right, we're going to get to a break. We'll be right back with more stuff. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. New Orleans, the Mississippi Gulf Coast, New York City, Kansas City, Missouri. From the West Virginia coal mines to the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies, Road Dog Truck and Radio is everywhere. Next time you're in the neighborhood, make sure you stop by Sirius XM Channel 146. Hello, this message is from Landstar. Owner-operators, are you being notified when the load you want is available? Landstar's load alert system allows you to create profiles of your favorite freight lanes, then notifies you with a phone call or email when freight matching your profile is available. With Landstar's load alerts, you have the freedom to plan ahead, run when and where you want, hauling what you want. Contact Landstar today and get started on the road to success. Visit us at leastolandstar.com. 
Owner-operators, does your truck need an engine overhaul but you lack the cash or credit? Is your bruised credit preventing a truck purchase? Call CAG Truck Capital. Good credit, bad credit, startups, and even bankruptcy. Qualify for your loan over the phone at 800-932-CASH. 800-932-CASH. Mention promo code TRUCKS1 and get $500 off your first payment. Call 800-932-CASH. Get the cash you need and get back on the road at 800-932-CASH. The largest custom window covering company in North America, with over 25 years in business, has teamed up with the most established name in smart home technology. Together, we're introducing Smart Shades by Budget Blinds and Lutron. Now, opening and closing your shades with a touch of a button is easier than ever. Program them to open and close for safety, energy savings, and peace of mind. They work with so many smart home devices. You can control them from anywhere in the world with your smartphone. And since they're cordless, they're a great choice for kids and pets. Smart Shades are so easy to use and easy to afford. Get style and service for every budget. Get Smart Shades from Budget Blinds and Lutron. Call 800-780-8494 now for your free smart home consultation. 800-780-8494 or go online to budgetblinds.com. At participating independently owned and operated franchises only. Ask for details. I'm Jeff Eno from the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update, and we have indeed seen some of the winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories in the big sky country. We saw that earlier for parts of Montana and then parts of Wyoming where we did see some of the snow showing up. Uh, we're still looking at uh, some of the scattered snow showers into uh, those areas. I-94 seeing more rain, though, as you make your way through Montana. Still some snow at the higher elevations as we get into parts of Wyoming. And still seeing some of that also into areas west of Denver at the higher elevations in Colorado. Still some stormy weather out there, and we are still looking at the severe weather threat, maybe dipping down into Oklahoma, but then running all the way up into the UP. The scattered storms, we have seen those along 94, down into uh, areas along 90 as we make our way into Minnesota, and then down into Iowa. Scattered storms also for parts of Texas. I'm Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers. Twice an hour on the Road Dogs, Sirius XM 146 and on the Sirius XM. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're going to get right back to the calls. We're off to Colorado. Rich, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Fairtax now. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Um, I have an oil sample you should hopefully have. Plus, I actually had a couple of comments. Okay. Let me uh, go ahead with your comments uh, while I'm looking at the oil sample. Oh, real quick. Um, Dale Howard, who yes. is uh, kind of our resident compliance guru, just informed me that come December 18th, when the ELD mandate goes into place, anything over three miles an hour will move you to the drive line. Uh, that's going to take care of that issue he was just talking about the last caller. Uh, go ahead with your comments. I'll take a look at the oil sample. Uh, well, your caller a few callers ago about the whole how you pay or what. I think if you're miserable, you're going to be miserable. My wife worked for a large 
corporation that I won't say the name of and made really good money and had benefits you could not beat. She was absolutely miserable to the point where 10 years ago we told, decided, you need to quit. She works a job she loves for peanuts compared to what she made, and she's never been happier. I don't think it matters how much you pay somebody. If you hate what you're doing, you're going to hate what you're doing. I Plain agree. Simple. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. I, I just don't think that at the end of the year, if you make the same amount of money. Now, when he switched the argument and said, but if you're getting paid by the hour, you could just go to bed tonight. Well, if that's the case, then the cost of shipping is going to go through the roof. Because if the driver can just say, oh, well, I'm out of hours, but I get paid anyway, I'll just take my time, we're going to need a whole lot more trucks on the road to get the same amount of freight delivered. So you're either I, doing I the same amount of work and getting paid the same amount of money, we just pay it differently. I don't think that's going to make anybody happy. And if it does, it's going to be very short-lived until they figure out, hey, wait a minute, I'm putting up with all the same crap and I'm getting paid the same. What changed? Yeah. As far as ELDs or hours of service, you're right. It's not an ELD problem, it's hours of service. Me personally, biggest change I'd like to see, make it an eight-hour break instead of a 10-hour break. I can go on four to six hours sleep and function fully every day. By the time I take a shower, eat something, I get four six hours sleep, I get up, I've got two hours that I've got to sit around with my thumb up my butt doing nothing when I could be moving. Right. In, in, now, and that's, everybody's not like that, and I understand. And there's no law that says you have to that's start right. moving when your break is up. You can sit as long as you want. Right. Yeah. It, it, that's really my point in all of this talk about ELDs, is that the groups fighting this are fighting the wrong argument. We, The only argument to really make against ELDs, maybe two, and I think one of them is minor. I think arguing about the cost of this is kind of a non-issue. I mean, this technology is basically dirt cheap. If this is going to put you out of business, you have far bigger problems than the cost of an ELD. So you could make that argument, but I think that's a kind of a non-issue. I think the only real argument to make against the ELD is we don't want more government regulation and we don't want somebody looking over our shoulder all day long. That's a legitimate argument. Whether or not you'll ever win it, I kind of doubt it because there's lots of industries that are monitored like this. So I, I don't think you're going to win that argument, but it, that, that one at least makes sense. Every other argument I see is not an argument against the ELD. It's an argument against hours of service. So I, I just think if we're going to fight this, we at least have to and, – and when I bring this up, people say, well, Kevin, why don't you lead the fight then? I, no, I'm not going to. So people need to stop asking me that. <laughs> that That's not a good use of my time. And people say, oh, but you, oh, you have on, the – Kevin, why not? Yeah, I know. that That's <laughs> – that I could spend the rest of my life on this and probably never make an impact. But yet, if I do what I do, I can I can make an impact on people every single day. Um, we have a group that was fight is fighting this, and if you really want to fight this, I would think the smartest thing to do is become a part of that group that's fighting it, 
and not create a bunch of new splinter groups that aren't doing any good. You know, as much as I disagree with OIDA on a lot of things, they are fighting this fight. They have resources. They're filing lawsuits. They're actually doing something. Whether or not they'll succeed, I, I kind of doubt it. But if all these other groups and all these people who wanted to complain would have become a part of that process a long time ago, maybe they would have gotten somewhere. True. I, I do like your point about you couldn't afford to take the time off to go to the listening session, but you're going to take a week <laughs> off to go protest. How is that any different? I know. Well, it's, honestly, it is different because the listening session would have taken you an afternoon, not an entire week. Yeah. And you could have gotten to a listening session that was a lot closer than D.C. for most people. And you wouldn't risk tickets and all the crap. You know, the protest, like I said, will either be a complete bomb, like most of them, because nobody shows up and it's a non-issue. Or a lot of people will show up and it's going to be a disaster. I I just don't see any good outcome. I'm not going to take part in it. Yeah, we'll, right we'll, we'll see. Let's uh, let's get to your oil sample, something I can maybe have an impact on. Um, yeah. <laughs> boy, this is an odd-looking sample. Um, um, it's, yeah, I don't know if Lisa told you that's my last three altogether. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can tell you I believe it's Titan Laboratories that Gulf Coast uses, if that – helps you out at all yeah um what's interesting is this sample i've seen titan before this sample looks exactly like our ops samples exactly right down to the letter and i've never i didn't know that gulf coast had switched i've never seen a gulf coast sample that looked like this this is exactly like ours i mean right down to the letter I know they recently switched. They used to send our samples to Denver. Now they go to Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a Polaris lab, and this is a Polaris Uh, sample. This is the lab we've worked with forever. I mean, I love these samples because this is what I work with all the time. I've just never seen one from Gulf Coast before. Um, They used to use Blackstone, I thought. Oh, yeah. This one, I mean, this is the format I love. This This is our lab. Um, I say it's unusual because of the results. Are you putting... Yeah, you can probably tell what my concern is. Yeah, yeah, a couple. I'm just trying to figure out why. Um, What's going on here? Are you putting in Lucas? No. None? um, One of them, I may have... On that first sample, that may have been one of the oil changes where I decided I'm going to put conventional oil with a gallon of Lucas as opposed to... Excuse me, this synthetic blend. But other than that, no. I, I've done that once or twice throughout the life of the truck, but I stick with that that mobile Delvac Elite. So, so or let's, just recently yeah. I changed to the Dello synthetic blend. So let's talk about, because I'm, I'm a little, I'm wondering where, what's going wrong here. If we took a standard 1540 oil, which is what you're telling me you did on one of these, and we put in a gallon of Lucas, I would expect that the viscosity on a standard 1540 viscosity will usually be in the 14 range. That gives us a starting point. If we throw in a gallon of Lucas, it will end up in the 15 range, 15.3, 15.4, somewhere around there, roughly. Yours is at 19.1. 
I don't know that I've ever seen viscosity. That's like tar. That is really, really high viscosity, and the only contaminant that went up was lead. Lead went up to 70. 70 parts per million of lead is not enough to raise viscosity at all. So I something went horribly wrong with this oil. Who who did the oil change itself that time? Where did you get it done? I go to I always go to TA because my carrier has a okay. deal. And the, and TA should um, be pretty I, straightforward. They're pulling all their oil out of bulk oil. They I, I don't know. So now the viscosity's come down to 17.5, which is still outrageously high. The base is almost gone. The oil is very oxidated, but the only contaminant is lead. Um, Question. Okay. My oil temperature seems to run extremely high, in my opinion. There's a lot of times when I'm pulling so, hills that I'm pushing 250 degrees on oil. Is that going to oh, be the yep. oxidation I see? Yep. That's, that's oxidation and viscosity. So that's what I was searching for, a reason. I think we just hit it. Um, Hold that thought. Let me get to a break. We'll come right back right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. 
1-800-900-8407. Message and data rates may apply. Dear Southern New Hampshire University, thank you for making my mommy so happy. Because of SNHU, Daddy does his homework with me. Mommy and I are going to school. We both learn a lot. Now you can get that degree you've always wanted without sacrificing precious family time. Introduce yourself to Southern New Hampshire University. Our high-quality online programs are designed for people like you, busy adult learners who want to improve their careers on their own terms. Get degree information and see how to apply online by texting the word WISH77 to 554433. Our personalized online approach provides all the individual flexibility, support, and encouragement needed every step of the way. And because we're nonprofit, our tuition is amongst the lowest in the country. Thanks, SNHU. Great job, Mommy. Take the first step. Get degree information and see how to apply online by texting WISH77 to 554433. Southern New Hampshire University. See yourself succeed. Text WISH77 to 554433. At 7 a.m. East, it's the Dave Nemo Show. With news, traffic, and weather updates, we'll get you where you need to be. Exclusively. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. You know what? I just realized we're almost out of time. I'm going to get back to the calls. I was talking with Rich in Colorado. So, Rich, now I think I understand what happened, um, and and now we need to go track down why. Um, This is a Max Force engine, uh, certainly not one of my favorites, and I that this engine just has a lot of problems. But now at least it makes sense. Something has gone wrong and got the truck way too high. You're cooking the oil. When we cook the oil, the viscosity will go way up, and the oxidation will go through the roof, and we will eat up the base. That explains all of that. Then that oil is in such poor condition now, the first thing it will attack and the first thing that shows up are bearings. So all this lead is coming off of your bearings. That's a bad thing. So we need to get this oil out and changed, and we need to figure out why it's getting so hot. Huh, okay. I don't um, – I'm not running a bypass system. I'm just sampling if that makes any difference either. Um no, it, I mean, I love bypass systems, no question, but a bypass system wouldn't have solved this problem. So it, it wouldn't have gotcha. mattered even if you would have had one. It wouldn't have done any good. This is a mechanical problem with the engine. What I'm really glad about is that you were sampling because had you not sampled, you wouldn't have known this was a problem. You would have wiped out these bearings in, I bet they won't make it another 50,000 miles under these conditions. So I got to figure out why the oil temperature runs so hot in comparison. Yeah, first thing to do is get this oil out of there. I, I would put in um, just straight 1540 like you were, and I would put in the gallon of Lucas. The gallon of Lucas will offer a little bit of protection against this, not for long, because when we cook that oil, you're going to have these problems over and over. But I, I would get that oil out of there and get fresh oil in, and then I would 
work real hard to find out why it's getting so hot. Well, the 1540 is a synthetic blend, correct? Uh, 1540 could be a synthetic, could be a synthetic blend, or could be a, a, a petroleum. So I, I would just use a stand. I'll tell you what I would put in. I would put in the plain yes, old non-synthetic Rotella. Just just plain old 1540 Rotella is what I would put in here. Okay. Okay. And possibly a gallon of Lucas just to be safe. A gallon of Lucas certainly couldn't hurt with these conditions. The, uh, the Rotella has um, lots of zinc, which is good for the bearings. It's inexpensive. It's easy to find. It's just a great oil. Um, and I would get that change pretty quick, and I would start looking to see why this thing's getting the oil so hot. Okay, appreciate it. All right. So bearings are where that lead's coming from, you're saying? Yep, and if you don't do something soon, you will start to see copper next, and once you see copper, that bearing is just about shot. All right, I appreciate it. You're welcome. If you... uh, if you need any help with this in the future, you get some more results, call me back, and uh, we'll help you work through this. Let's head off to Pennsylvania. Joe, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for the call. And, uh, right off Gun Street, thanks for all you do. You're welcome. What's on your mind today? Uh, mainly the hours of service and the ELDs. You're at 100%. The ELD is not really the problem. It's just Big Brother looking over our shoulder. The main problem is hours of service, spending time with shippers and receivers. Yeah. Uh, like I yep. you had on before that was talking about pay and hourly rate. Uh, I think he's smoking something real funny, but uh, he ain't. I don't know what his problem is. It just didn't sound like he was talking through his brain. You know, and Joseph's a smart guy. There's no question. He calls the show a lot. He always gets me thinking. He challenges a lot of things I say I, in a good way. That That's the kind of debate that, that really does advance the conversation and get us to better ideas. Um, on this one, I just can't see it. I, I, You know, maybe you'd make people a little happier for a little while. But, and here's another thing. Maybe if somebody's being paid by the mile right now and you pay them by the hour, maybe it makes them happier. I don't see how if they're not making any more money. But with all the turnover we have in this industry, pretty soon all the new people coming in are only getting paid hourly anyway. They don't know the difference. You're either happy with 50000 for what you had to put up with or you're not. I don't see how changing the way you pay me matters. It, it doesn't. And that's the other thing. True trucker is a dying breed. Uh, I got into this industry because I love to drive, you know. Uh, my father was a driver, and I learned from him. And we used to be a considerate bunch of people out here. Uh, we cared for our fellow driver. We cared for our fellow motorist. And today, everybody just wants to drive everybody off the road. Uh, just in a big hurry to go nowhere. Uh, not courteous at all. A courtesy, that's a thing of the past anymore. Uh, courtesy today is far and few in between. Yeah, it, it, the industry has certainly changed. There is no question about that. And, and I'm going to cut you loose. I want to get to at least one more call, try to get to as many as I can before we've got to wrap this up. I, I couldn't agree with you more. 
I don't think we're ever going to turn that change around. I, I grew up with my grandfather as a driver, my father as a driver. It was a very, very different world. Um, I started driving 32 years ago. It was a very different world. I don't think we're going to change that. Um, thanks for the comments. Good stuff. Let's go to Montana. Scott, you get the final word today. What's on your mind? Yeah, I appreciate that, Kevin. I got one quick question for you, then I'll get on my ELD comments. I want to know, uh, are you back in the Cascades, and is 14 open to trucks through the gorge? Uh, I We are back at home. We were we, Yeah, we were only gone for a day. Um, 14 is, you know what? I'm not going to say because I haven't checked the update today. Um, the last time I checked, it was still closed to commercial traffic. They have opened 84 okay. westbound. So when you leave Portland, you can get out of here on 84. You just can't get in yet. Okay. Okay. And my comment, a um, couple comments on the ELDs. It's a government-mandated, I use the Qualcomm, and uh, they want it in the truck. So all this talk about cheating and everything on the Qualcomm, in my opinion, does not exist. If I can do it on the Qualcomm, it's, it's, it's okay with me. There's been occasions where I've driven halfway through Chicago and not logged any driving time. And if I can do it on the Qualcomm, to me, it's not cheating. Well, wait, wait, um, wait a minute. I, 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 I just want to challenge you a little bit on that one. Um, that would be no different right. because I think if we, we have to stick with the letter of the law at least to have the discussion. So I could make right, that I same agree. argument and say, if I can make this look right in my logbook, I'm not cheating. Well, the, the government wants this in the trucks to do away with cheating. So if they put the Qualcomm in my truck, which I'm on electronic well, logs, they've done it to do away with cheating. So in their mind, I'm not cheating anymore. But so anything I can do on the Qualcomm, I'm not cheating. I'm doing what the government's telling me to do. I'm just using it to my advantage. Yeah. I, it's I, not cheating. No, it is. I can't agree with you on that one. We know what the rules a, are. Wait, a, wait a minute. It's a gray area. It, no, it's not even a gray area. Come on. We know what the hours of service <laughs> rules are, correct? You know what the rules are. Correct. So anything exactly. you do, whether it's on a paper logbook or an ELD, anything you do that breaks those rules that we understand is cheating. Right, but didn't they put the Qualcomm in my truck so I couldn't but, break but, those rules? But they put the logbook in your cab because we had to buy a logbook and we had to fill it out. They did that so you wouldn't break those rules either, but we did. We found a way to cheat. You're just saying, here's an electronic device that's harder I to cheat. I found a better way to cheat. But I, I figured out how to cheat it, but it's still cheating. Right? Okay. Okay. I, I agree with you. I <laughs> agree right. with you. And I here's the thing. A little bit of debate there. All that no, talk about cheating got me all riled up. No, I, I the same thing. I get off the exit ramp, but I put myself off duty. And I think what's going to yeah. happen, like Dale said, on, on the 18th, when these things are implemented, the rules are going to be tighter. They're not going to be the way they are now. And I think over time, they're going to lock these things down even more. Um, got to cut you loose. We are completely out of time. Um Good comments today. I appreciate it. I, I just think we're never going to solve this. It's a very complicated issue. But my point is, if we're going to advance this at all or come up with solutions at all, 
we have to be making the correct arguments. And what I'm seeing out of the industry right now, I think the arguments are horrendous. I, I don't think they're good arguments. I think we're making all the wrong points. So great conversation today. I appreciate it. We will do it again tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Sirius XM 84. We're kicking off fall with something special for our subscribers. Our friends and family event has been extended. Get big savings with special offers to turn a satellite radio back on, or you can purchase a new one. Visit SiriusXM.com slash 2017 friends and family to check it out and see offer details. And in the meantime, check out my show, Playbook, weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPNU Radio, Sirius XM 84. At Celadon, our drivers come first. That means we know what professional drivers want. We have targeted 15 of our largest locations to increase pay. Top drivers average over $1,200 a week. We are also expanding our customer freight network to help keep you moving and earning. Join Celadon today and be part of a team built to succeed. Call 844-836-9645 or visit driveceladon.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-C-E-L-A-D-O-N.com. Drive safe. For a limited time only, Aero Truck Sales has special financing on all 2012 Class 8 trucks. Choose from any 2012 truck, and your monthly payments are only $799 for the first three months when financed through transport funding. Plus, you won't make any payment for the first 45 days. Aero has hundreds of 2012 trucks to choose from, like Freightliner Cascadias, starting at $39,950. Volvo VNL 670 starting at $36,950, Kenworth T660s, and more. Raised roof sleepers, mid-roof sleepers, and day cabs are all available. There's a wide variety of engine and transmission models and specs as well. This financing offer ends August 31st, 2017. Call 800-250-2776. That's 800-250-2776. Aero Truck Sales, going strong for over 65 years. I'm Gavino from the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update where we have seen some of the winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories for parts of Wyoming and also into areas into Montana. And we're still looking at uh, some of the light snow showers into some of the areas east of 15, mostly rain showers as we made our way through Montana. And then some showers and storms as we moved a little farther east into the Dakotas along I-29. And then I-35, seeing some of those showers and storms into areas into Minnesota and dipping down all the way into parts of Kansas. The severe weather swath 
kind of going uh, south, possibly into Oklahoma, and then a narrow run all the way up into the UP, where we have seen those scattered showers and storms, and even into areas east of I-27 as you get into Texas. We've seen some of the spotty storms there into Texas, also in the southwestern part of the state. I'm Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers. Twice an hour on the Road Dog, Sirius XM 146, or on the Sirius XM Apple Smartphone. OIDA, representing America's truckers since 1973, presents Landline Now with your host, Terry Scruton. It's the birthday of Curious George author H.A. Ray, and this is Landline Now. I'm Terry Scruton, filling in for Mark Reddick, who is off having an adventure with his friend, the man with the yellow hat. The U.S. House of Representatives recently voted in favor of a pair of amendments that could be good news for truck drivers, one dealing with speed limiters and the other with tolls. On today's show, we'll talk about both of those issues with Jay Grimes of OIDA's Washington, D.C. office on Regulatory Roundup. Later on, Mark Reddick talks with John Osborne, driver of the OOIDA tour truck, The Spirit of the American Trucker. He'll also get the latest on OOIDA's online class offerings from Andrew King of the OOIDA Foundation, and we'll hear some of your calls from our listener comment line. And finally, I'll return to the studio again to talk with Landline Magazine's Keith Goebel for today's edition of State Update. New Jersey and Pennsylvania are looking at laws regarding speed cameras. Keith will have the details. But first, today's headlines. The Senate talks self-driving technology and what it will mean to trucking. Freight shipments hit another all-time high with trucking leading the charge. And some of your favorite toys are headed for the Toy Hall of Fame. And now the news with Mary McKenna. Thanks, Terry. What to do about trucks came to the forefront at the Senate committee hearing on self-driving vehicles. Proposed legislation that would set standards for self-driving vehicles talks about cars but doesn't mention semis. At the hearing, no one had an answer but there were a lot of comments on how self-driving technology might affect trucking. The head of Navistar testified that the technology is unlikely to throw lots of drivers out of their jobs. Others, though, said truckers are likely to end up with driver's assist systems on their trucks instead of full-blown self-driving systems. Committee Chairman John Thune said the emergence of driverless vehicles will be a game-changer in transportation, and he clearly favors including language covering heavy trucks in the legislation. Trucks share our roads, deliver our goods, and keep our economy moving, including trucks in the conversation about automated vehicles is important as we seek to improve safety. It also puts our economy on a level playing field as other countries around the world deploy automated freight trucks. In 2015, trucks traveled over 280 billion miles to carry over 70% of the goods by tonnage on our roadways. A 2017 Energy Information Administration study projected that automated trucks could yield fuel savings between 6.7 and 18.6%, improving our economic competitiveness, lowering consumer prices, and supporting job growth. OOIDA Federal Affairs Manager Jay Grimes was at the hearing. He says... OOIDA wants separate legislation for trucks because self-driving trucks and cars are completely different issues, each with their own set of challenges. And despite testimony that autonomous trucks won't cause huge job losses, Grimes thinks that might happen. I definitely think, you know, looking at uh, this technology, that is most certainly a possibility, you know, a likely possibility. We understand uh, the safety impacts that 
in the benefits that can come from it, but uh, we also uh, realize how just how much our economy is uh, relies upon the trucking industry and, and those jobs uh, in, in the trucking industry. So we don't want to see uh, those disappear by any means. There's no timetable for when the Senate bill on driverless vehicles will be finalized. Freight shipments in the United States hit another all-time high in July, according to the U.S. Transportation Department. The index includes freight moved by all modes, from trucks to trains and planes. Trucking led the July gain. Analysts who assess the trucking economy at FTR say the combined cost of hurricanes Harvey and Irma will be about 5% of the south and southeast region's gross domestic product. Florida, Georgia, and some other southern states account for about 15% of all the goods and services produced in the United States. They also account for about 7% of all the trucking activity in the U.S. In other news from the trucking world, part of the Kansas Turnpike now has a high-speed toll lane where cars and trucks will be able to blow past the KTAG sensors at 75 miles an hour. That's on the portion of the pike between Lawrence and Kansas City. The maximum speed right now is 55, though, because of construction. Kenworth says it's joining the U.S. Energy Department's Super Truck 2 program that four other truck makers are already involved in. With up to $12 million in federal funding, Kenworth hopes to come up with a prototype T680 that's 100% more efficient in all categories than its 2009 model. And in Canada, the government of Ontario is considering a program that would give 15 to 50% rebates to truck fleets that purchase alternative fuel trucks or use fuel-saving technology. And they're seeking feedback from fleet owners. In Colorado, the Denver Post is reporting the number of drivers who tested positive for marijuana following fatal crashes is up 145% since recreational use of pot was legalized four years ago. And that some drivers test five times or more higher than the legal level of THC. John Jackson, police chief in the Denver suburb of Greenwood Village, says it's an epidemic of fatal crashes that the public is largely unaware of. The Denver Post relied on state and federal data in its story, and the marijuana industry in Colorado is questioning that data, saying it is imprecise and doesn't definitely link the fatal crashes to pot use. In Canada, a driver for bison has been named a Truckload Carrier Association Highway Angel for helping a trucker who'd been injured in a crash. Ajay Tour provided first aid and a blanket until police arrived. Here in the U.S., Goodyear says it is now taking nominations for this year's Highway Hero Award. David Webb, last year's winner, jumped onto a moving dump truck and helped save a trucker who was slumped over the wheel, unconscious. And finally... The National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, has just announced the finalists to join this year's Toy Hall of Fame. They include Matchbox Cars and Trucks, The Paper Airplane, The Game Clue, and Plastic Pez Candy Dispensers. The inductees will be announced November 9th. Then there will be a week-long celebration. I'm booking my vacation right now, in fact. That's the news. From the Landline Now Studios, I'm Mary McKenna. Thanks, Mary. If you want to let us know what you think about anything you hear on our show today or anything else happening in the trucking world, you can call our listener comment line at 1-800-324-6856. That's 1-800-324-6856.
Starting September 22nd, John Osborne and OIDA's tour truck, the Spirit of the American Trucker, will be at the Guilty by Association Truck Show at Four State Trucks in Joplin, Missouri. Stop in, say hi to John, and join OIDA for a $10 discount. OIDA is urging truckers to call their members of the U.S. House and ask them to co-sponsor H.R. 3282, a bill that would delay the ELD mandate by two years. You can contact your member of the House by dialing 202-224-3121. The American Transportation Research Institute is asking truckers to take part in its annual Top Industry Issues Survey. Truckers are being asked to rank the top concerns for the industry along with appropriate strategies to address each concern. The deadline is September 29th. We'll have a link on our website, landlinenow.com. And just a reminder that truckers are everywhere in America and are witness to many of the major news events happening every day. If you see something out there, say something. Give us a call here at Landline Now. The number is 816-229-5791. Just ask for the radio news desk at extension 1679. Again, that's 816-229-5791, extension 1679. Coming up after the break, we'll talk about amendments regarding speed limiters and tolls with Jay Grimes on Regulatory Roundup. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Terry Scruton, and you're listening to Landline Now on the Road Dog, Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Take control of your insurance requirements with OOIDA. This portion of our show is sponsored by OOIDA Truck Insurance. Mad Dog Sports Radio is opinionated, passionate sports talk with a bite from the hijinks of the morning man. I bet your parents do too. They go big bulk shopping. Hey, Zuck. I got 50 jars of duck sauce. We don't even eat duck sauce, but I got a good deal. To the insight of Adam Shine. Bill Belichick is the best coach in the history of sports. Not NFL. Sports. And the animated energy of the Mad Dog himself, Mad Dog. Christopher Russo. It's the channel to talk about your favorite sports team. Mad Dog Sports Radio, channel 82, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. What do you call charging thousands of dollars for hearing aids? I call it outrageous, because hearing should not be a privilege for the rich. It's a basic right everyone deserves. Hi, I'm Dr. Chara Curry, board-certified ear, nose, and throat physician. If you or a loved one suffer from hearing loss but can't afford thousands for a hearing aid, I created MD Hearing Aid for you, a high-quality medical-grade hearing aid for a fraction of that price. Try MD Hearing Aid at home, risk-free, for 45 days. Call 1-800-400-8407. No costly doctor's visit, no expensive and time-consuming fittings or appointments, no ugly, old-fashioned hearing aid that costs thousands. MD Hearing Aid is an FDA-registered, audiologist-tested hearing aid that's discreet and lets you hear what you've been missing at a savings of more than 80% off the average price of a traditional hearing aid. Try MD Hearing Aid risk-free for 45 days. Call 1-800-400-8407. Plus, you'll get free shipping and free batteries for a year. 1-800-400-8407. Message and data rates may apply. Warning. Texting while driving is illegal just about everywhere. So if you want 20-20 vision and you're driving, pull over when you can. Because a life-changing offer is just one text away. 
the LASIK Vision Institute is now offering absolutely free evaluations and dramatically low prices on high-quality LASIK. Text the word CLEAR11 to 350350 to get the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology for a fraction of what others charge. Text to schedule your free appointment to see if LASIK is right for you. Results may vary. Don't miss out. When you text CLEAR11 to 350350, you'll also get an extra 20% discount off our already low-cost services. We've already performed over a million procedures. Today, it's your turn. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you've always wanted for a fraction of what others charge. This great offer is just one text away. Text CLEAR11 to 350350. That's C-L-E-A-R 11 to 350350. Hi, I'm Shannon, a professional driver and trainer at Warner Enterprises. National Truck Driver Appreciation Week is September 10th through the 16th. But at Warner, we appreciate our drivers year-round. Warner provides their professional drivers with the resources to be successful. From new equipment to quality training and the latest technology, Warner sets us up for success. If you're looking for a great career, visit drivewarner.com. And thank you, drivers, for all you do to keep America moving. For all things trucking, it's Road Dog Live with Casey Phillips. Because most of you are probably out running down the highway keeping America rolling. Weekdays from 4 to 7 p.m. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Landline Now, thanks for staying with us, everybody. I'm Terry Scruton, and it's time for this week's edition of Regulatory Roundup. I am joined today by Jay Grimes of OIDA's Washington, D.C. office. Jay, how you doing? Doing well, Terry. Good to be back with you on the Roundup. Well, we are uh, always glad to have you back with us. And uh, as everybody knows probably by now, uh, the ELD amendment that we've been talking about all week was voted down in the House last night. Uh, but there are several other amendments that did get through the vote on this appropriations bill. Uh, there could be some good news for truckers, and we need to talk about those today. But before we really do, I want to take a minute and talk about this ELD thing and kind of clear up what's going on here um, and emphasize, sort of emphasize the fact that Representative Babin's standalone bill, which would delay the ELD mandate for two years, is still, it's still out there. Yeah, that's correct. The, uh, the amendment last night was uh, completely separate from that bill, H.R. 3282. Uh, you know, we were hopeful, uh, you know, after the amendment was approved by the Rules Committee, uh, that the House uh, would approve the amendment and we would at least have a, about a one-year delay in place uh, from the House side. Uh, unfortunately, uh, yes, that uh, the vote was brought up uh, late last night and was defeated by a vote of uh, 246 to 173. Uh, d disappointing uh, in the result, uh, but, you know, we're, we're still going to work with you know, all our coalition partners, uh, you know, to gather additional support uh, for the for the two-year delay bill, H.R. 3282. Uh, we're going to continue to apply pressure on, on House leadership to advance the bill. Uh, and we're also going to be looking uh, on the Senate side, uh, you know, to really exhaust, uh, you know, every legislative option. Uh, and, you know, we're going to we're going to keep keep at it on the regulatory side and with the administration. Uh, you know, continue to appeal the White House uh, for assist, you know, in all delaying first and, you know, hopefully ultimately repealing uh, the mandate that uh, is set to go into into effect in December. So that's where we stand. Uh, uh, you know, given the outcome of the vote, uh, you know, 
disappointed, but, uh, you know, not giving up by any means. Okay, so a bit of a setback, but as they say, uh, we may have lost the battle, but we haven't lost the war. Right. Uh, the war still continues. <laughs> In the meantime, let's talk about these other amendments uh, uh, that could be some good news for truckers, starting with one dealing with speed limiters. Right. Uh, yeah, speed limiter amendment uh, offered by uh, Congressman Scott Perry from uh, Pennsylvania uh, pretty much prohibits uh, funding uh, to finalize that notice of proposed rulemaking that came out, you know, almost about a year ago. Uh, so uh, that, that amendment passed uh, via voice vote uh, and is in the bill, uh, which is uh, expected uh, to be approved for final passage uh, sometime tomorrow. Uh, obviously, it would still have to be approved by the Senate and then the president, uh, but, uh, you know, a promising first step in that process. Uh, obviously, uh, that notice of proposed rulemaking, uh, a lot of problems uh, concerning safety and, and speed differentials. You know, obviously, speed limiters, uh, you know, we, we believe have, ha uh, given the, the data and s some studies uh, have actually seen to imp uh, increase crashes uh, rather uh, than decrease uh, safety as that rulemaking uh, estimated. So. Uh, you know, we've seen the administration kind of uh, pull back uh, from advancing the rulemaking uh, already this year. Uh, they moved it to their long-term agenda uh, about a month ago, which means, uh, you know, we're not anticipating any further action uh, from FMCSA or, or NHTSA uh, within the next year. So uh, I think this is another sign that, uh, you know, Congress uh, wants to do away with that uh, rulemaking as well. Definitely some much-needed good news uh, in terms of the fight against speed limiters, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. good news on that front uh, continues. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, we've seen a couple promising signs for the administration. This is uh, uh, the first uh, you know, step we've seen from Congress uh, to, to eliminate uh, funding for that rulemaking. And then there were uh, a pair of other amendments uh, in the appropriations bill specifically targeting tolls, one in Pennsylvania and then another one in uh, Washington and Oregon. Is that right? Yes. So uh, two separate uh, amendments here uh, that would ban funding uh, for, for tolling uh, interstates in, uh, you know, first in, in Pennsylvania on I-80, an amendment offered by uh, Congressman uh, Glenn Thompson and Mike Kelly. Uh, also approved uh, voice vote, so it is in the uh, final version of the bill. Uh, and then another amendment uh, from Congresswoman Jamie Herrera-Butler. Uh, she's a congresswoman from Washington, but the, uh, these roads uh, and interstates kind of connect Washington and Oregon, so this amendment actually uh, blocks funding for tolling in I on I-5 or I-205 in both those states. Uh, also approved uh, voice vote. So uh, two anti-tolling amendments passed uh, along with uh, an anti-speed limiter amendment. So uh, some good news as well uh, in light of the uh, ELD amendment result uh, coming uh, from the uh, appropriations uh, amendment votes last night. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, the House is scheduled to, to vote on final passage of their bill tomorrow. Uh, the Senate still has uh, you know, a lot of work to do on their end. They, they're not quite as far along in the appropriations process uh, as we work to, uh, you know, uh, funding the fiscal uh, deadline uh, at the end of this month. So uh, still a lot of work to be left. 
But as you said, some good news, and I'm glad we got to talk about these today because we, I don't, we don't want these to get overshadowed in, in you know, all of the other news that's going on because these are definitely uh, huge steps forward in the fight against both speed limiters and tolls. Yeah, no, no doubt, Terry, and, and we'll continue uh, you know, opposing uh, any tolling amendments uh, and working to uh, advance uh, anti-tolling uh, measures in the future. And always, you know, that speed limiter rulemaking uh, is still still on the books over at FMCSA, even though that they are not, uh, you know, moving that quickly right now on it. Uh, it it's still out there, so uh, continue to oppose that one as well. Well, hopefully they will continue to not move quickly, or better yet, <laughs> not move at all uh, on that one. <laughs> Ideally. In the meantime, let's talk about uh, the president's infrastructure plan. Uh, I know the White House had a meeting on infrastructure late last week. Uh, what do we know at this point? Where do we stand? Right. So, uh, you know, we're still kind of waiting for a, a real uh, detailed infrastructure proposal that we've kind of heard is going to come in the fall. Uh, but, yeah, late last week, the White House had about 150 uh, state and local leaders uh, in attendance for kind of a, uh, you know, an update from the White House. Secretary Chow was there, uh, Office of Management and, and Budget Director Mick Mulvaney there. He's kind of the, the money guru. Uh, and they really outlined, you know, kind of a, a, a three-tiered process uh, regarding the infrastructure plan. So a little bit more. Uh, details than what we've heard previously, but they didn't really get into any of the, the real funding measures. But uh, they said the largest chunk of funding is going to be dedicated to projects that already have some private or local money attached to them. Uh, you know, OMB Director uh, Mulvaney said these were projects that really just needed a, another, you know, kind of last step, last injection of federal funding uh, to be completed. So that's going to be the top priority. Uh, and then they talked about, uh, you know, rural projects and rural areas uh, that would receive direct investment. Uh, this comes down to, you know, these public-private partnerships, which, you know, we've heard that the administration is going to be very supportive of. Uh, but we've heard from, you know, Senate and House members uh, representing rural areas that these, uh, you know, P3s, uh, you know, simply don't add up in rural areas. So they, they acknowledge that. Uh, and said they're going to be uh, more direct funding to rural areas uh, in the infrastructure plan. Uh, and then lastly, they talked about, uh, you know, some transformative projects. And this is really kind of innovation, uh, you know, using technology. Uh, Mulvaney again mentioned uh, the Hyperloop project uh, from Elon Musk. So I think it's kind of, you know, some new way of looking at, uh, you know, building infrastructure. Uh, and certainly new ways of funding it. So I think the administration is, is still uh, prioritizing kind of funding about $200 billion uh, to leverage about $1 trillion worth of overall in infrastructure investment. Uh, but they still have to fill in uh, just exactly how they're going to go about doing that uh, as we move closer to the fall. Uh, you know, unfortunately, as we look at kind of the congressional calendar now, uh, it's really backed up. Uh, throughout the end of, uh, you know, the calendar years, we, you know, dealing with these appropriation deadlines, uh, you know, looking ahead, we'll get hurricane uh, relief packages uh, that they passed this week uh, for Hurricane Harvey in Texas, obviously, you know, it looks like we're going to uh, be doing another one uh, for the Florida uh, in regards to Hurricane Irma. Uh, so that they really have a lot of work to do uh, on the congressional calendar. Uh, 
you know, immigration now this week has kind of uh, leapt up the ladder, too. So I'm not seeing a lot of room uh, for Congress to pass an infrastructure package this year, uh, which is really disappointing considering it, it was seemed like such a high priority uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, but we're still hopeful uh, that they'll get to it uh, uh, at some point. Uh, now, I think it's a bipartisan uh, topic that uh, would receive a lot of support uh, in both chambers from both parties. So uh, we know <laughs> we know the roads certainly uh, need uh, the federal funding and need some more direct investment. And, and we're hopeful that uh, a big infrastructure package is still in the works. Hopeful, but it sounds like not especially optimistic that we'll see one uh, by the end of the year yeah, anyway. And I, <laughs> I, do, I do think we will uh, get some more details uh, from the president, from Secretary Chow, and hopefully uh, can tee up uh, kind of more of a legislative uh, a proposal uh, to get to get off the ground next year. All right, Jay, well, we've got a couple minutes left here. And, and one of the other big issues that the president has been talking uh, a lot about this summer uh, that, that relates to truckers is NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement. Um, what's the latest there? Yeah, so uh, kind of initial uh, negotiations have actually uh, started, and, and they began about a month ago uh, here in Washington where you had uh, uh, trade representatives and, and foreign uh, officials uh, you know, representing not only the U.S. but Canada and Mexico uh, kind of in, in town for some top-level uh, negotiations. Uh, that was step one. Uh, they just completed a, a second round down in Mexico City on Tuesday. Uh, and then round three is scheduled to begin uh, up in Canada, in Ottawa, uh, in about two weeks on September uh, 23rd. So uh, you've kind of got these first, uh, first step, top-level talks. Uh, they really haven't gotten into the details of renegotiations quite yet, and I think that's where uh, we're really going to find the the Mexican cross-border trucking issue uh, come up is probably in the uh, the next wave of negotiations uh, later in the year. Uh, obviously, this is you know, the 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 main issue that we're targeting in these negotiations is that is the cross-trucking border program that uh, or, you know, was originally included. Uh, in, in NAFTA 1 from uh, the early 90s. So uh, we're hopeful that uh, during these negotiations, uh, you know, the, the U.S. trade representative will you know, prioritize uh, eliminating uh, that program in uh, the NAFTA renegotiations, uh, you know, because you know, we're seeing Mexican truckers, you know, and Mexican uh, motor carriers simply not being held to the same uh, safety standards <laughs> as we are uh, here in the U.S. So uh, those talks continue, but again, uh, not too many details yet. Okay. Uh, as you said, NAFTA talks continue, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, bring you updates as they happen. Jay, thank you so much for being with us today. No problem, Terry. Thanks again. We've been talking with Jay Grimes of OIDA's Washington, D.C. office. You can, as always, find more information online at fightingfortruckers.com. We have to take a short break, but we'll be back in just a moment. I'm Terry Scruton, and you're listening to Landline Now on the Road Dog. Hi, I'm Dan Workman from Landstar Heavy Specialized. Landstar is the nation's premier platform carrier, and we're looking for quality owner-operators who are interested in flat, step, and heavy specialized freight. You'll have a lot of advantages at Landstar, like unmatched access to freight and big savings on straps, binders, chains, fuel, tires, and more. 
Find out why more owner-operators choose Landstar. Call us at 800-435-4010 or visit us at leasedtolandstar.com. At Celadon, we put our drivers first. Hi, I'm Dave Chesterman with Celadon Trucking. I want you to know we believe in your career as well as our team behind the driver. We work to guarantee driver success by improving our methods of communication. Our driver managers know you by name and are always working to improve their relationship with you. Join Celadon today and be part of a team built to succeed. Call 844-836-9645 to apply or visit driveceladon.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-C-E-L-A-D-O-N.com. Be safe. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. These days, you can put your logo on anything, but that doesn't mean you should. Let us show you what a difference the right promotional product can make to help build your brand and attract new, long-lasting customers. We're for Imprint, the nation's leading team for promotional items. Today, we're revealing the top three promotional items for driving new customers absolutely free. Simply text ACT99 to 642642. With 4Imprint, your logo can make lasting impressions, attract new customers, and help your brand to boost your bottom line. With thousands of items to choose from and free art assistance, we'll make your logo shine with fast, reliable customer service that's second to none. High-quality products, exclusive items, and popular brands at great prices with on-time shipment, guaranteed. Unleash the profit-boosting power of your logo with 4Imprint. Discover the top three promotional items for driving new customers for free by texting ACT99 to 642642, ACT99 to 642642. And we have indeed seen some of the winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories in the big sky country. We saw that earlier for parts of Montana and then parts of Wyoming where we did see some of the snow showing up. Uh, we're still looking at uh, some of the scattered snow showers into uh, those areas. I-94 seeing more rain, though, as you make your way through Montana. Still some snow at the higher elevations as we get into parts of Wyoming and still seeing some of that also into areas west of Denver at the higher elevations in Colorado. Still some stormy weather out there, and we are still looking at the severe weather threat, maybe dipping down into Oklahoma, but then running all the way up into the UP. Scattered storms, we have seen those along 94, down into uh, areas along 90 as we make our way into Minnesota, and then down into Iowa. Scattered storms also for parts of Texas. I'm Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers. Twice an hour on the Road Dog, Sirius XM 146, and on the Sirius XM app on your smartphones. Landline now. Welcome back. Every week we check in with John Osborne, who drives OOIDA's tour truck, the Spirit of the American Trucker. As John travels across the country, we've been asking him about the quality of the roads. His recent travels have brought him to Pennsylvania, New York, and Connecticut, and what he's seen up till now pales in comparison with the road quality in those three states. In fact, it's so bad there, it's shaking up everything in the spirit pretty good. Well, you know, we, we had a tire change out not too long ago, and I think the guy just didn't quite tighten things down, and, and I went back in and had him check it and retorque it and I guess they thought that was the way it was supposed to be. So I hit some big bumps and the guy behind me on the CB goes, hey Oida, you just flung a hubcap off your trailer and I went, cool, I'm not stopping to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, there's not much left anyway and I go, really? He goes, yeah, I ran right over it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so we're, we'll, in the next couple of days we'll, we'll be replacing that one on, yeah, but uh, 
Yeah, we had some uh, really good, uh, you know, and, and when they tell you in Pennsylvania to slow down to 50, they mean 49, not 51. Yes, sirree. <laughs> and hold on. When it yeah. shakes you enough that you're losing parts off the truck, that's that's kind of telling you something about the quality of the highways. Well, yeah, and then when I get to my next stop and I fire up the lights inside the trailer and i got to go adjust lights because they're, they're moved all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, was a, it was an adventure. We had a little rain. We had a little construction. We had a little rain and construction. Uh, and uh, But we, we, uh, we've made it, and uh, I'm up here at the... Uh, Rob, for now, uh, we call it the Mouse House um, uh, <laughs> Travel Center in uh, Willington, uh, Connecticut. Um, you got to explain that, John, for folks that don't know. Well, his CB handle is Mouse. And for those of us who are Disney people, Disneyland is known as the Mouse House. So we decided that he, when he's called the Mouse and it's his truck stop, we would just name it the Mouse House. But we, we the citizen drivers, have little nicknames for it. Like I, mine is the J.D. Doc Osborne Travel Center and Potato Patch. Uh, Henry Albert is Henry Albert Travel Center and Gateway to the Americas. Well, I like that one. The Caffies are the, the Bob and Linda Caffey Travel Center and Lost Wages Nevada. <laughs> so we, we, you know, I, we, we don't just single out one or two people. We've got nicknames for all of them now. So it's, Good it's for great. You. Good for you. Well, uh, real quick, let's go back to these Connecticut roads. You said Pennsylvania was so bad it's shaking things off the truck and messing up the stuff inside the trailer. And you said Connecticut was worse. I mean, kind of give us an idea of what you're talking about here. Well, Sassy went for cover. <laughs> they they haven't done road construction. That's the problem in Connecticut. You know, it was uh, it was quite you know, uh, when the dog is in the doggy bed down between the seats, and all of a sudden she's airborne. She went to the big bed and just kind of sprawled out in the middle of it. And said, "Nope, I ain't gonna do this. Uh, uh no way." And uh, that's where she stayed until we get, we got on 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 smoother road. I guess I'm not gonna feel so bad about Missouri roads anymore. Um, that is incredible. Is this pretty much throughout your entire drive through Connecticut? Um, it was until I, I got off of 84 and got on 91 and then got back on, on 84 on the other side of Hartford. Um, really, truly, um, they, they have spent money on some super roads here and there, and then they forgot, like, you know, welcome to the state of Connecticut. By the way, the, the state is so cheap that they won't even build way stations they have to put their way stations not just extra way stations but their way stations in rest areas mark i want to tell you this is really a drag in one day twice in pennsylvania once in new york and once in connecticut do i have to go into a rest area and cruise through the rest area so that that the evil diesel bear can stare at my truck to decide whether or not he or she is going to inspect me Four times in one day, no, no pre-pass, no, no, none of this, none of that. Let's come through the whole rest area and and let the policeman look at my truck as I come by at seven miles an hour. But, I, you know, what a waste. I mean, you know, real scales might be, be you know, the, the next move, you know, modernization of transportation. Well, John, we are out of time here, but uh, thank you, sir, and be safe out there, okay? You guys, too, and remember... Uh, we got kids now. Now it's almost time for kids back in school. So we, we're probably going to see a lot of kids for the next, oh, 14 days on the truck with grandma and grandpa, mom and dad. But remember, 
They're everywhere, they're everywhere, and they're not paying attention. So be careful, slow down, and really and truly, guys and gals, we don't need to do 35 in the parking lot, so be safe, because the person you may not run over is me. Oh, and I, I've almost been ran over recently, haven't I, Mark? Take care, bye-bye, and I'll talk to you next week, Mark. <laughs> Once again, that was John Osborne, who drives OOIDA's tour truck, the Spirit of the American Tractor. You can find John's next stop on our show every day and at our website, landlinenow.com. That website is also where you can hear my complete conversation with John. Again, that's at our website, landlinenow.com. Many truckers simply drive for a company and haul what loads they're given. Others are leased on, and while they have more choice in some cases, still, their loads come from their carrier. And a lot of truckers on their own authority have dedicated routes or well-established relationships with shippers that keep them moving. However, for some people in the trucking industry, especially those just getting their own authority, finding freight involves others, brokers, and frequently load boards. And you might think a load board is all about just looking, picking a load, and hitting the road. And while you can do that, a lot more is involved if you want to be successful. OOIDA now offers a class to help you get the most out of load boards. And here to talk about it is Andrew King of the OOIDA Foundation. Andrew, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me again. Um, this is actually more than one class, right? Uh, walk us through. What are the different courses involved here? Yeah, there's three different courses. It starts off with basic load board understanding, um, which is pretty self-explanatory you know just getting you familiar with the history of load boards where they came from where they started and originated and how they have grown since then and then it goes into advanced load boards so what are some of the enhanced features that the load boards offer and talking about the different ways to uh, get the most out of your load board whichever one you use and of course here at OIDA we have members edge that we offer through BAT at a discount for members uh, and then the third one is negotiating your rates. So once you have posted your truck on the load board, a broker has called you, or perhaps you got in touch with them some other way, what can you do in order to make your business the most profitable? And there's one of the keys, that word you said right there, negotiate. Mm -hmm. uh, so many people think the number that's there you have to take. That's really not the case, is it? No, not at all. And that's one thing we stress is, you know, the first offer is not necessarily your only offer or the best offer. You know, there are other loads available, and it's important not to take cheap freight. You know, we have lots of signs that we put on. You know, we hand out to members, and that's always a popular one at the truck shows. Uh, but, you know, it's important that you know what your cost of operations are so that you can make a profit. You need to know what you need to make so you can negotiate. Uh, I'm wondering if we can just get a couple of examples from these courses. Um, Andrew, start off with maybe an example of one of the tips you offer uh, to make it more likely that you succeed at this. Uh, for one thing is, you know, what you post on the load board. You need to be very specific but not too exact as far as, say, the rate that you're looking for. Maybe give a range instead of a specific, this is only what I'm going to haul for, because that will help to bring brokers to you because you, you have the appearance of flexibility, and then you can start negotiating a little bit. And then some of the other things we talk about is refreshing your posts and when to do that, that you want to do so about every two hours because uh, brokers 
they're also looking on the load board from a different point of view. And when you refresh, that puts your name to the top of the list. So there's just a, a, a few examples like that in order to get the most out of a load board. What about things to avoid? I mean, give us one example of something that's a behavior a lot of guys engage in that's really not something they should be doing. Uh, you know, well, one thing that they should do is to look at the broker history. You know, we, and look at their pay to loads. You don't want to just trust every new broker that you, you come across. And that's one thing where people can get in trouble, but the load board can help with that to a certain degree that you can research them before you just go and, and sign on. And that would be something uh, to understand. And not only that, but, you know, you say you get a load and it, it you get a, quite a bit um, per rate for that load going out uh, or going in, but then what do you have coming back? You Always know, pay attention to oh, that. Exactly. So those are things to, to be careful of and looking at perhaps doing try hauls where you're maybe going a little bit farther out of your way, but the average rate that you're receiving, the revenue you're receiving, uh, will make it more profitable. So those are kind of the things that we talked about. Okay. Andrew, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I've been talking with Andrew King of the OOIDA Foundation about a free online series of classes offered by OOIDA covering how to get the most out of load boards. And you can find out about more classes or take that class or any other class offered through the website, OOIDAOnlineEducation.com. Again, that website, OOIDAOnlineEducation.com. Because they're on the road so much, truckers see some pretty scary stuff happening on our highways. And sometimes they share those stories with us. Here's an example right off our listener comment line. Hi, yeah, this is Jeff. I'm an OIDA member. I'm in California, and I just had a pretty scary situation. Had two trucks broke down on the shoulder on I-15, and they're pretty close to the line. I mean, just inches from the traveling portion of the lane and i cannot get over because all these cars are doing 70 plus i'm stuck at 55 let me tell you that could that was scary that could have been disastrous but i'm thinking you know if it would have been disastrous i would have found a way to sue the state of california i don't know if i can or not but they know that the split speed limits are dangerous and they keep them in place anyways for uh, revenue. So, but let me let me grab my breath here. Thank you. I think a lot of truckers would like to sue California, Jeff. However, I really am sorry that you were in that situation. We have people here at OOIDA who are working to change the split speed limit there, and situations like yours are part of the reason why. Take care out there, really, and thank you for calling. As we've mentioned several times, the Spirit Truck is now a new Western Star, provided by that truck maker to OOIDA. Now, this is the third Western Star in a row to pull the Spirit trailer, but John Osborne isn't the only one who drives a Western Star, or might want to. Yeah, this is Dan Paul, life member. I was thinking about buying a Western Star, but I, I kind of like to hear some comments from John Osborne about how he likes the Western Star, and then... Uh, are you going in the shop on a regular basis like we do with the Cascadias? I hope not. But anyway, just saying. Thank you. 
Well, then, I'll ask John about that the next time we go on the air. I can tell you this. He seems very happy with the vehicle, and the only repairs that I've heard John talk about are the ones caused when someone or something ran into the truck. So stay tuned, and we'll talk about it on the air soon. Thank you very much for calling. You can tell us what you think about any issue in the trucking industry by dialing up our listener comment line. That number's ready to take your call right now at 1-800-324-6856. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Mark Reddick, and this is Landline Now on the Road Dog, Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Shannon, a professional driver and trainer at Warner Enterprises. National Truck Driver Appreciation Week is September 10th through the 16th. But at Warner, we appreciate our drivers year-round. Warner provides their professional drivers with the resources to be successful. From new equipment to quality training and the latest technology, Warner sets us up for success. If you're looking for a great career, visit drivewarner.com. And thank you, drivers, for all you do to keep America moving. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. 1-800-900-8407. This is Jimmy. Yeah? This is a flaming ghost pepper. Oh no, it looks like Jimmy is about to eat that flaming ghost pepper. Jimmy shouldn't eat that flaming ghost pepper. And you shouldn't manage your own toll. Turn to Best Pass, the commercial toll management experts. Don't pull a Jimmy. Get Best Pass and save tons of time and money on toll. Learn more at getbestpass.com. The objects people choose to keep in their homes define who they are. Now, Fox News Channel and Harvey Levin bring you the unheard stories of prized possessions and surprising insights from some of the biggest names in the world on their brand new show, Objectified. Go inside the lives of Shaquille O'Neal, Hulk Hogan, Benjamin Netanyahu, Tyler Perry, Judge Judy, Simon Cowell, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and many more. Objectified premieres this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Fox News Channel. There you are, running down the highway, and your truck insurance is the last thing on your mind. Then, some idiot cuts you off. Whoa! Now you're thinking truck insurance. Do you have the protection that's right for you? 
OIDA can make sure. They're the truck insurance specialists. Owner-operators like you have trusted OOIDA for the right coverage for nearly 40 years. Call 1-800-444-5791 or visit OOIDATruckInsurance.com. OOIDA. Nobody knows trucking better. A pair of states in the Northeast are taking a good long look at speed cameras. Hi, everybody. Terry Scruton here with you on Landline Now with Landline Magazine's state legislative editor, Keith Goble, for today's state update. Keith, how you doing? I'm doing well, Terry. How are you doing? I am doing all right, and uh, we've got uh, a couple of states to talk about today where lawmakers seem to think speed cameras are a good idea. Uh, let's start with New Jersey. What are they considering there? Yeah, New Jersey essentially revisiting an issue that they have they've been pretty um, um, aggressive with in the past as far as the use of, of automated uh, uh, ticketing cameras. I mean, they've up until 2014, there was a five-year period where they had uh, red light cameras. I mean, those were pretty prevalent around the state. I think they had more than 70 of them there for about a five-year uh, five period. Um, they got rid of them uh, back in 2014. It was, part, it was, it was a five-year program, you know, that if, if the legislature didn't uh, choose to renew it, uh, it, would, it would sunset. And that's what they did. I mean, they just didn't have enough, uh, um, I say, evidence or just not enough support to continue to have uh, the red light cameras. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you've got an effort there at the State House this year that isn't focused on red light cameras. Instead, it's focused on speed cameras. Uh, different than red light cameras, obviously, um, you know, speed cameras, they can be posted, you know, on, on, on highways. You know, you could, you could put them up there if you wanted to. Uh, but the focus with this New Jersey legislation uh, is in work zones. Uh, there, so it's very limited scope, at least as part as it's been introduced in the legislature. Uh, and, and also, um, not only would they be limited uh, to work zones, but it is the language in there says that you've actually got to have workers present in that work zone. So you've got to have an active work zone. And the only people uh, who would be ticketed for you know, exceeding the speed limit uh, in those work zones are those who are traveling in excess of, or, or at least, I guess I should say, uh, 11 miles prior of the posted speed. So trying to be very exact with it, um, similar to what we've seen in some other states that have uh, posted or have allowed uh, through the legislature uh, to have uh, uh, speed cameras uh, in work zones. Maryland comes to mind, um, but there have been some others. But uh, yes, New Jersey, uh, with the legislation looking to go that route very, you know, very soon after uh, they decided that they no longer wanted to have anything to do with red light cameras. But uh, speed cameras in work zones, uh, that is uh, definitely something that uh, you know, we you know, could come into play there in New Jersey. Yeah, and you have to wonder with uh, uh, work zones, obviously very temporary in nature. And the question that comes to my mind anyway when you hear about something like that is then what happens when the construction project is finished in that particular work zone? Where do the speed cameras go? Do they just leave them up? Because that would seem to be... Uh, a temptation anyway yeah the idea that a construction project would end that's that's that's, that's encouraging you, you, <laughs> hope, you hope that that will be the case but uh <laughs> doesn't always seem that way that especially sometimes around uh, kansas city area <laughs> yeah i think that's probably common uh, in parts of the country but but yeah i mean that definitely is one concern you know of course uh one of the most uh, voiced concerns that we've seen so far at least in new jersey is whether it's actually going to work the way that they, they say as far as are they only going to issue tickets when there are workers present? I mean, I mean it, 
Uh, are they going to know when workers have gone home for the night? Is somebody going to unplug the camera? I mean, exactly how is that going to work out? And so there definitely is that concern that uh, they're still going to be uh, issuing tickets to, to folks who are driving through, even though they're, they're driving through uh, well above what the posted speed limit is. But the idea being that it's that protection is there for when there are actually people in the zone. So, uh, yeah, that is one of the big one of the big issues that they've got there. Um, and, you know, it's just as simply as well as, um, you know, some folks uh, will say, you know, it would just be better off if you just had uh, a police officer posted in the work zone. Having somebody actually there who not only could monitor uh, vehicle speeds, but other things that, that, that a you know, driver might be doing. Maybe if they're driving a little aggressively through the work zone or, or that sort of thing. So you know, you've got a couple of points that are, you know, they're brought up typically in this sort of situation. We see them again in New Jersey as far as uh, what the concerns are. Now, as, as far as the uh, having uh, law enforcement or, or state police in this particular instance, having them posted in, in work, uh, work zones as an alternative to, to having speed cameras, uh, that is part of, I guess, part of the language in this legislation would um, be three-quarters of the revenue that would be raised via these uh, the fines. The $100 fines is what would be authorized as part of this. That three-quarters of that revenue would go to the state police, and more than half of that revenue would be used to pay to have officers uh, in, work er in work zones. So they're partly addressing... You know the concern that uh, that that critics have of, you know, a better alternative would be to have somebody posted in the work zone. Well, they're wanting to pay to have people posted in the work zone, but they're wanting to you know come up have as the source of those funds being uh, the ticketing that results again from uh, the speed cameras. Certainly does raise uh, a lot of questions and a lot of concerns. Um, and from New Jersey, we move to Pennsylvania, where they are also talking about. Uh, speed cameras, uh, is it a different proposal than what they're talking about in New Jersey? Uh, essentially, no. I mean, I, yeah, I was going through that and going through both and and looking at them. It's like, well, you know, they're, gosh, they, they essentially are the same. Uh, you know, I mentioned the New Jersey program, the legislation wants to have it be a five-year deal. Uh, as introduced, the Pennsylvania uh, legislation called for a five-year pilot program uh, as I guess I think as part of um, trying to get the bill along there in Pennsylvania, I mean it's been it's a Senate-approved bill, so it's had through the state house. Uh, one of the concessions that uh, supporters had to make was reducing the pilot program from five years to three years. Uh, in addition to the Pennsylvania DOT being authorized to put uh, speed cameras up in, in work zones, the Pennsylvania Turnpike would also be authorized uh, to do that. But yeah. Uh, the speed limit threshold, the 11 mile per hour or more, uh, that is the same in both states, the part of the legislation, and the, uh, the fine amounts of $100, those are also the same. So, yeah, very similar uh, on both sides of the state line there. Uh, at this point, Pennsylvania's legislation much more further along uh, than New Jersey. Pennsylvania, they're coming up on the end of their two-year session, so, I mean, if, if they're going to have stuff pass uh, before the end of the year, they've got to, obviously, they've got to get it done before the end of the year. Uh, New Jersey is a little bit different. They are in the first year of a two-year session, so this particular piece of legislation there in New Jersey, I mean, we might we might not hear anything about it again until this time next year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so the, the Pennsylvania issue is more pressing at this particular point, but still, nevertheless, uh, uh, interesting to note that uh, both states, again, uh, are looking for essentially the same sort of thing, authorizing speed cameras where they are not available right now. 
and of course, the, the, the main concern about speed cameras in general, uh, whether they're in construction zones or not, is, is whether or not they actually do increase safety or, you know, are these things just kind of a cash grab? And I know there's been some criticism of that, I think, in both of those states, hasn't there? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why the, the red light cameras were, were put to rest there in New Jersey was, yeah, that there was there was just no overwhelming evidence to say, yes, th th these are beneficial. I mean, but there was, there was much more uh, criticism of them, and, 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 right, and rightfully uh, so, I, I believe, you know, as far as the, the, the legislatures, uh, legislators, I guess I should say, um, who were in opposition to this, uh, they, they were very strong with their, uh, you know, with their uh, evidence to show that uh, they weren't worthwhile, that they weren't, uh, and definitely a concern of constituents. So, Yes, uh, in New Jersey, it'll be interesting to see just because they're they're coming up so soon after getting rid uh, of of the red light cameras. If they're going to you know be willing to accept the use of speed cameras, even though it's in a work zone, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania they've they've you know they have red light cameras, uh, but authorizing uh, speed cameras as well again in the work zones. Um, yeah, it, it could be could be much more likely that something will get done for this in Pennsylvania. But yeah, definitely. Uh, both sides, uh, they're always going to have evidence that shows yes, yay or nay, that they should have them. But uh, at this point, uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly how it plays out. All right. Speed camera is a possibility in both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Keith, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Jerry. We have been talking with Landline Magazine's state legislative editor, Keith Goebel. That's going to do it for our show today. I'm Terry Scruton, and you have been listening to Landline Now on the Road Dog, Sirius XM Satellite Radio. This portion of our show is sponsored by OOIDA's Medical Benefits Group. This is Sirius XM. You're listening to Road Dog Trucking Radio. Drive it coach to coast. Sirius XM 146. Or listen on the Sirius XM app. It's the first daily news program dedicated exclusively to the professional truck driver. This is Landline Now. Raising fuel taxes. Uniform speeds. Flatbed loads are coming on strong. News critical to today's driver. We are refusing to invest in our infrastructure. Autonomous vehicles. Pay for the bill for infrastructure. I'm Mary McKenna. I'm Terry Scruton. I'm Mark Reddick, and this is Landline Now on the Road Dog. Weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Series XM 149. Are you tired of worrying about the economy and what it may mean to your job? Do you wonder what you'll be doing in five or ten years? Now may be the time to consider owning your own Scooter's Coffee drive through business. For almost 20 years, Scooter's Coffee's been selling world-class coffee through our drive through windows in company-owned and franchised stores. As we approach 200 stores open, we're continuing to look for smart, hard-working, entrepreneurial people who are interested in building something big for themselves and their families. I'm Don Eccles, co-founder of Scooter's Coffee. Our proven model of delivering on our brand promise of amazing people serving amazing drinks amazingly fast continues to be a great business opportunity for people all over the country. Besides a great business, you'll get something else, the joy of loving what you do every day for the rest of your life. And Scooter's Coffee will be a wonderful business partner. Why don't you take five minutes and call us or visit our website. It's onascooters.com. Scooter's Coffee could be a great decision for you. Visit onascooters.com. 
War, poverty, and disaster have left millions of children around the world orphaned, abandoned, alone. When their parents can't be there, SOS Children's Villages is there. SOS Children's Villages is the world's largest nonprofit for orphaned and abandoned children. In 134 countries, including the U.S., SOS Children's Villages provides vulnerable children with a loving and stable family, medical care, and an education. Children in crisis are counting on you. To make a difference in the life of a child, go to SOS-USA.org. This is Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio. Can't find your team's game on your radio? Well, now you can if you get the Sirius XM channel number for your favorite team sent right to your smart device calendar. Just go to SiriusXM.com slash sports now and click add to my calendar and get a reminder with the radio channel number sent to you just before kickoff. Hear every NFL game all season long on Sirius XM and the Sirius XM app. Newton second ever touchdown right up midstreet. Gavino from the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update where we have seen some of the winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories for parts of Wyoming and also into areas into Montana. And we're still looking at uh, some of the light snow showers into some of the areas east of 15, mostly rain showers as we made our way through Montana, and then some showers and storms as we moved a little farther east into the Dakotas along I-29. And then I-35, seeing some of those showers and storms into areas into Minnesota and dipping down all the way into parts of Kansas. The severe weather swath kind of going uh, south, possibly into Oklahoma, and then a narrow run all the way up into the UP where we have seen those scattered showers and storms. And even into areas east of I-27, as you get into Texas, we've seen some of the spotty storms there into Texas, also in the southwestern part of the state. I'm Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers. Twice an hour on the Road Dog, Sirius XM 146, or on the Sirius XM Apple Smartphone. For all things trucking, it's Sirius XM's Road Dog Live. Do be advised. We're talking about emissions, stock prices, the power of the government. going to be some great conversation because all the producers are hanging out with me drinking margaritas. Now, for your host, I haven't prepared anything to talk about. J.C. Phillips. Hey, good afternoon and welcome into Road Dog Live. Casey Phillips hanging out with you. It is the dog day of the week as we're rolling through another week of shows for you on Sirius XM 146 Road Dog Trucking Radio. It's all right here and it is my pleasure to be hanging out with you guys for a few hours to help you get down the road a little bit further as you work towards that weekend. I am coming to you live for the ride as I sit in the Sirius XM Satellite Radio Tower in lovely downtown Nashville, Tennessee in the heart of the Honky Tonk District. Irma is spitting all over Tennessee today. Uh, she has come and gone through Florida, through Georgia, and uh, all of a sudden left a wake of despair. But uh, Tennessee has been getting some uh, rain all day today. A lot of rain last night came through. We got about two and a half, between two and a half and five inches of rain through this area. But now that's come and gone. It's been drizzling a little bit, and uh, it's going to be gone I, I, by tomorrow. Irma will be a distant memory, and it really leaves me wondering where all the weather went. I, I was expecting two or three days of some really, really bad stuff, and I, I don't want to minimize the severity of Irma in any way. There are still many in Florida with no power. You have flooding across much of the state, and at the time that I was putting my thoughts together for the show earlier this morning, about six million people were without power, so... With the heat that was expected in southern Florida today, it was not going to be a really good day down in the Sunshine State. Bloomberg News is reporting that Florida, however, while they're drenched, 
while they are tattered, they are very fortunate. As Irma weakened, is it moved past Tampa Monday, uh, yesterday, leaving in its wake a state that avoided the worst predictions of its destruction by sea and storm. So the the cost and the estimates of the damage dropped to 49 billion dollars from about 200 billion earlier. So uh, there still are a lot of people without power. Millions of people displaced, and as much as 15 inches of rain were forecast. And what may yet go down as one of the worst storms in Florida's history, we're going to have to see during the aftermath how it actually compares to other storms. Now, when you consider the forecasting, when you consider the all of the, the warnings that the National Weather Service was putting out there, everybody, you have to leave Florida. you got to go. When I see how this storm came through, and now a couple of days later, because it made landfall Sunday, uh, it was sending a lot of, of rain up through the Florida um, area. But when you see that this thing has come and gone now, it, it really, at, as compared to Harvey, it really seems like it was much ado about nothing. Now, as I mentioned, I'm not trying to minimize Irma at all. It was a category for hurricane, I believe, when it was coming through the Caribbean, when it got into Cuba, but um, it, it seems to have lost its punch as it was coming up into the continental United States. And so that leaves me wondering, and, and it's a good conversation to have, about the National Weather Service, about inciting riot and trying to get as many people to leave their homes as possible. And really, you may have been able to weather this storm and not have to leave the state. So uh, I, I do not want to make anybody feel as if I don't think Irma was a very serious storm. Don't get me wrong. But I do question, I do question the mass exodus that all of, uh, well, that many millions of Floridians made last week. It makes me wonder if they could have weathered out the storm. I think it's best to err on the side of caution, let's be honest. If you see what happened in Harvey, when you start hearing about a death toll of 60 people in, in Harvey, and you see how that storm stalled over South Texas and how uh, Louisiana was affected, obviously erring on the side of caution is uh, really the best thing that you can do and just get on out of the state drive back in and make sure that uh, you are you know you can get your property back but you can't get your life back that's what I've been hearing on a lot of the news broadcasts but uh, when you look at the amount of rainfall that Harvey put down on us and you compare the days of rain in Texas versus the hours of rain that Irma put down then you have to think that there was a lot of hype around Irma and it may have been unnecessary and that's what's fueling the conversation today, because we're going to compare the two storms in terms of damage. I want to talk a little bit today about uh, the, the total damage of Harvey as they are starting to assess just how bad it was, as well as the total damage of Irma as we are now starting with that uh, rebuilding process. One of the overreaching or umbrella topics of the day, if you want to give some reports about what is going on down in Florida right now, if you're down there and helping with the recovery efforts, if you're hauling uh, supplies, water, MREs, whatever you have going on down there, please feel free to call in and report and let me know what you're seeing out your front windshield. Uh, we're going to talk about the two storms, uh, compare those, and we're going to be also looking into technology around the weather forecasting industry. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but I, I have some of my own thoughts that uh, we, we have a lot of folks out there and, and a lot of technology 
that's giving us data. Now, now weather forecasting is not an exact science. We do need to have these forecasts so we can figure out what we need to do in terms of these big weather events. But the analytics behind the data that we're getting is, is most important. And so I'm not sure if you've ever thought about it or discussed it, but even though you have data, you still have the human element that's ultimately going to be making the call. That the, the human being is going to be making the prediction on what they want the news to say. And so realistically, if you think about the technology and the data that we have and the fact that you still have the, to make the call, am I going to trust the data? It's a crapshoot. <laughs> it's a crapshoot at best. You never know because you're rolling the dice what is going to happen. So I was watching an update on Jose this morning. And as I was doing my prep for the show, it was about, I don't know, 7 o'clock this morning, I heard that the weatherman on the news said, if we use the European weather model to predict what Jose is going to do, then the storm is going to swing back out into the Atlantic. And so when I hear that, I'm thinking, okay, well, what about the National Weather Service? Uh, what model are they using to predict? And it's interesting to see and to learn about the European weather model of forecasting and compare that to the U.S. and what they've been doing in recent times in trying to bring our weather systems up to snuff and bring them up to par with the European model. And I don't really think that anybody knows what could happen when it comes to Mother Nature. Like I said, weather prediction is not an exact science. There has been a lot of money spent on the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, millions of dollars. And so I'm going to share with you uh, a little bit of that today. And we're going to talk about the different technologies out there that are being used to forecast your weather. Do you trust your weatherman? I, I, I always joke with my wife whenever we're sitting and we're watching the news together and the weatherman comes on and says, uh, yeah, we got about a 30% chance of rain today. And uh, I, I joke with her that, you know, if that person wanted to be accurate, they should say, we have a 50% chance of rain every day. They would never have to worry about it. Somebody gets rain or they don't get rain. It either rains or it doesn't rain. That's a 50% chance. Yes or no. 50-50. That's all you got to know. So every day, the weatherman can come on and be accurate and say, we have a 50% chance of rain. We have a 50% chance of dry. So he is half right, or she, every single day of the year. But uh, Charles and I were kicking it around a little bit. I, I've never thought about the, the job of the weatherman and that they can be wrong and they still get their paycheck. What about the professional trucker out there? If you're wrong 50% of the time, it, would you still get a paycheck? I don't think so. If you made 50% of the time you made the wrong choice or, or you decided to do the wrong move whenever you're out there, then you probably wouldn't be getting many paychecks. So uh, take comfort in the fact that you're a professional out there, that many weathermen and weather persons could not do what it is that you do. Hell, you probably can predict the weather better than they can too. <laughs> without, without all this technology that's swirling around. So I got some questions for you if you guys want to chew on these and give me a call. I'd love to have you on the show. 888-876-2336 is that number. The weather model for Hurricane Irma. This is the first idea that we're throwing out. The weather model for Hurricane Irma. 
Did the weatherman miss it? The storm fall. Uh, the storm did make landfall in Cuba, and hit other islands in the Caribbean. And s- those islands sustained massive damage. And uh, our hearts go out to them. We're not making light of of the storm, but when you consider that the weather folks out there are attributing the fact that they missed the the Irma predictions uh, due to a premature lessening of the storm because of the landfall that it made in in the islands, I get that. But uh, it really does call into question the fact that the weatherman does a lot of times uh, incite uh, some riot uh, a, a bit or uh, causes some unnecessary worry, uh, also the mass exodus leaving Florida. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Do you think that the weatherman missed it? Uh, next, do you think the farmer's almanac would be a more accurate uh, predictor of weather than current technology? Do you feel that technology does more to cause a commotion, or are you appreciative of the data that you do get today? I think that you have to break it down, like I said earlier. Data is one thing. The analytics of data, how you analyze it, that's altogether different. And nobody can really predict what the data is going to tell you as far as what the results may be. So uh, third question for you, how would you like to get paid for only being right half the time? Would you ever want to be that weather person on the big television screen? Hey, the pay is right. And really, you don't have to worry about being right all that much. What if the American trucker was right only half the time? If you want to comment on that, that's fair game. I have a report on the most accurate weather services out there and some of the trends that have been studied when it comes to weather and predicting the weather accurately as far as what percentage of rainfall or what is the uh, percent of chance of rain in any given uh, period of time. So uh, it's really interesting information when you see that this has been studied, and it makes me wonder, who do you trust to give your weather to you? Because you never know how accurate it's going to be. You never know how up-to-date it's going to be. Our local news service with the radars and showing you when storms are coming through, that's pretty wicked technology. I will tell you that. It's really neat to see whenever you can watch the rain go uh, over your town. And it's hitting right whenever they're saying it's supposed to hit. Now, that's one thing. But when you are sitting at the house, when you do know that there are rains coming in, do you just want the weatherman to shut up for a little bit so you can get back to your regular scheduled programming? (laughs) I don't know about you, but... Many times you guys are out keeping America rolling. I get that. But when you do have some home time, you can kick your feet up if you do uh, get that luxury. And there is weather in your area. Don't you think it would be nice that the weatherman gives you a report and says, we're going to be back in 30 minutes to give you an updated report. But you can go back to your show now. No, they don't do it. It's breaking news. you got to watch this guy talk about the same thing over and over and over again for hours on end and boy let me tell you it's really maddening especially if there's something that you want to watch like the season finale of the bachelor or whatever it is that you want to see (laughs) i don't know maybe it's the walking dead who knows but something that you can't get back because the programming is preempted by the weather really stinks so uh those are a few things for you to chew on can you remember a weather incident that was totally missed by forecasters I remember uh, some snowstorms. Uh, we, we have had some really bad luck in Nashville when it comes to calling off schools because the weatherman 
predicts that these big storms are going to come in. Kids love it because they get out of school. My wife loves it because she gets out of school. But, uh, hey, all things being the same, they, they should be in school whenever you're getting nothing but a dusting of snow. So lots to talk about on this uh, show today. We're talking about tracking the storms uh, as well as the crapshoot that is predictive analytics when it comes to the weather. If you have any thoughts on that, get in with me. 8888 Road Dog is the number. We're going to go ahead and jump out of the way for a quick timeout. You're listening to Road Dog Live. We're brought to you today by J.B. Hunts. Make sure you patronize them. And when we get back, we'll jump right into the conversation. We'll be back. Sirius XM. I'm Casey. North America first discovered Marin Morris on Sirius XM's The Highway back in 2015. Now, she's one of country music's fastest rising stars. And she's performing just for you in a private Sirius XM concert. Live from New York City's McKittrick Hotel. Hear Marin Morris with special guest Ryan Hurd. Hear replays throughout the weekend. On the highway, Sirius XM Channel 56. And when you get out of the car with a Sirius XM app. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-353-9057. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems, and if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about $100 to $200 per month. Big Lou may have a solution for your previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider at 800-353-9057. That's 800-353-9057. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-353-9057. 800-353-9057. Are you a business owner who needs working capital to help grow and support your business? Do you know where the money is going to come from? Have you been turned down from a local bank? If you need working capital, and need it now, call Strategic Funding. We provide up to $1 million in alternative financing to retailers, restaurants, hotels, and hundreds of different types of businesses. Unlike getting financing through a bank, our unique financing services are very flexible with repayment plans customized to meet your needs. Our underwriting is extremely fast, allowing approval in as little as one day. It's totally stress-free. If you've been in business for at least a year, have an annual revenue of 150,000 or more with a minimum credit score of 550. Pick up the phone and call now for a free no obligation consultation to see what you qualify for. Dial 800-881-8585. 800-881-8585. That's 800-881-8585. What if we told you there's a quick easy way to get rid of the daily hassles of contacts and glasses? And even better, what if it could cost as little as $250? Well, it's all true. All thanks to LASIK Plus. For a limited time only, LASIK Plus can help fix your vision for only $250. Our lowest price ever. Call 844-LASIK Plus to schedule your free LASIK exam. Results may vary. Restrictions apply. See details at LASIK250.com. Freewheeling, weekdays, 11 a.m. East. Hey, it's Meredith Oaks. And Chris Teague from Freewheeling. Keep up with the industry through us. Freewheeling, exclusively on Road Dog Trucking Radio. 
Now, back to the conversation on Road Dog Trucking Radio's Road Dog Live with host K.C. Phillips. Hey, truckers, face it, you... Well, you're a rare breed. Most people expect a cushy bed after a long drive, but not you. When you pull into a lot after a long drive, reclining in your cab is all you really need. That and maybe some HD TV to keep you company. That's why truckers rely on Dish for their entertainment. After all, who needs a motel room when you've got HD entertainment from Dish in your cab? Just visit dishformytruck.com. Get all the channels you watch at home right in your cab in full HD. The best part is you don't get locked into a long-term TV contract. Dish pay-as-you-go programming lets you pay for only the months you use. So next time you pull over, check out dishformytruck.com and outfit your rig like a pro with HDTV and a portable satellite antenna from Dish. After all, you've racked up hundreds of miles today. You deserve a reward tonight. Restrictions do apply. Call or go online for details. With that, we are back. We are cruising through your afternoon run. Certainly do appreciate you guys out there for what it is that you do, keeping me company for the next couple of hours. And uh, jump in with your comments. We're discussing what happened between Irma and Harvey and uh, doing a little compare and contrast. We're going to jump into a little bit of the uh, weather forecasting and uh, what that means when the European model is uh, put head-to-head with the U.S. model and how they're different uh, in some ways and which is more accurate. Uh, Also talking a little bit about uh, do you trust your weatherman? (laughs) How many times do uh, they get it right? How many times do they get it wrong? Would you like to do that job? 888-876-2336 is the number. Let's go ahead and get into a little bit of uh, the, the hurricane information. So you got Harvey. When uh, Harvey came through a couple of weeks ago, it stalled out uh, over South Texas. And if you recall, the, um, uh, the situation with that storm is it just kept dumping and dumping and dumping rain. What was it, 50 inches or so of rain in uh, a couple of days? And then it just kept coming down. I don't have the details on the total rainfall amounts, but it was a massive amount of rain. And uh, so on the heels of that, we started talking about it, shoot, uh, during that time, whenever Harvey was uh, going through its process and trying to weaken and and finally fizzle out. And uh, we started looking at Irma, and we started hearing about Jose and what types of uh, storms we might be having hit again. There was at one time fear that it might even swing further to the west and uh, come into contact with Mississippi and Louisiana. It uh, did stay on course, though. Uh, Irma did uh, swing a little bit further to the west, as most predictions thought, and it did lessen and really started to fizzle out before it uh, made landfall. But uh, now that we've been through a couple of days of Irma, it's pretty much gone and has left behind in the aftermath a lot less damage than what was initially predicted. So Harvey, in some ways, did set the folks up who were working in the prediction world set them up uh, to, to really, I would say, overreact. They, they overreacted. Now, as I mentioned at the open, it's always good to err on the side of caution. It's never a good idea if you feel like you would be threatened to stay in your home when you see what happened in Houston and you see what happened in South Texas. And so uh, best to get in your car, go find somewhere else to, to stay, and just let the storm come through, do its thing, 
and then uh, return home and assess the damage afterwards, if you can get back home, that is. So um, it, it did really, I feel personally, it, it did uh, present a problem for the weather folks out there, the ones who are working in this industry, to predict this thing accurately. So you have to look at how accurate these folks are uh, using the data that they're given and what goes into these analytics. So would you want to do that type of work? If you want to talk about your thoughts on it, 8888-ROAD-DOG is the number. I will have some stats for you as we go through the afternoon. Let's go to uh, first up on the road. We got Mafunzalo in North Carolina. What's up, Mafunzalo? Hey, boss. How you doing today, KC? Doing okay, brother. What's going on? Hey, you know, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, but I don't care what you're in or what you do. Always err on the side of caution, you know, especially oh, yeah. with the hurricanes and what happened with Harvey, buddy. It's just... You know, these global warming fanatics, they're always claiming 30, 40, 50 years down the road. Look at what this hurricane is last year. They can't predict what's going to happen the day after tomorrow, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're talking about Jose? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, right. And, and with Irma, you know, they had a good idea what was going to go on with Irma, but they still weren't exactly sure. So it's a good thing that they had the evacuation. You know, I grew up on Long Island. And we had a few hurricanes up there. One we'll tell you about in a second. But my brother-in-law lives in Naples. And, and having seen a lot of hurricanes on the East Coast, he said that was pretty bad. He wrote it out. He stayed there, but he said it was bad. Um, and uh, back when I was a kid, back in the 70s, and, you know, a lot of these hurricanes have a lot of rain now. And there was right. one storm back in the 70s. And this is August. It was a pretty good hurricane. And it didn't have any virtually little moisture with it. And the only moisture it had was the salt water, and all. And this is in August, and all the southern-facing trees, the salt killed all the leaves. That was that was some something the city thought it was. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, huh? That was neat. Yeah, but, neat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, Atlanta got a tropical storm warning, which was a first uh, for that state. For Atlanta to have a tropical storm warning, that was unprecedented. Uh, and I wonder right. if uh, there was any. Water, salt water that was dumped uh, there, or if that salt would have dissipated in the atmosphere. I'm not sure how that works out. Yeah, probably, you know, what moisture did have probably would have uh, dissipated by the time it got to Atlanta. You, you, you would think, but, you know, you, you never know. Mm. But, again, you know, after what happened to Harvey, everybody was on pins and needles, and it was a good thing they had an evacuation. And, you know, it might have caused traffic, but Hey, probably saved a lot of lives. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know that I was reading some reports earlier, and uh, two folks in the Keys lost their life. I don't know if that death toll has risen. I, I would assume, yes, that the death toll is rising. I haven't seen an up-to-date report on it. But, uh, you know, when it made landfall in the continental United States, um, which is as close to the continental United States as you can get on Florida Keys, uh, it, it was already starting to weaken. And uh, as it moved up through the um, the state of Florida, it continued to, to lose steam, which is a great thing. I mean, it's always great that the weatherman is wrong when it comes to the severity of a, of a storm. Uh, don't get me wrong. But um, once it's made it here, I'm just like, is that all you got, Irma? I mean, come on. Uh, when Harvey came in, we got, uh, I think it was 15 inches of rain in Tennessee uh, from Harvey. So that was much more of a uh, serious storm that came up through the Gulf uh, a few weeks ago. Right. And, you know, they knew that it was a slow-moving storm, and they also knew that thing was going to circle around and come back, kind of, you know, just retrace its steps, unlike 
uh, Irma, they, they really didn't know it was going to hit the East Coast, the West Coast of Florida, or go up the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was kind of unpredictable. But you know, I still wouldn't mind getting paid to be 50% wrong, huh? <laughs> I know. What up with that, man? It's like, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, shoot. Well, technology is great. It's only as good, though, as uh, the, the folks that are analyzing the data. So, Mafunzalo, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Bye. Have a good week. You too, buddy. And uh, it, it is uh, – th- there were two different storms. Irma and, and Harvey obviously were different storms. And uh, they they um, did have the situation with Harvey where it circled back around and made landfall a second time, which uh, really fueled uh, more flooding. And uh, also it was very slow moving, as Mafonzalo said. So uh, when you talk about Hurricane Harvey versus Hurricane uh, Irma – and this really to have two Category Four hurricanes make landfall within a couple of weeks—that is—that is history, because that has not happened for uh, probably over a century. I think 19. I'll have to check it before I quote it, but um, it, it is uh, very unprecedented to see that these two storms would make landfall uh, in the same couple well, within a month of one another. Um, Hurricanes Irma and Harvey marked the first time in U.S. history. Oh, well, here it is. The first time, it says. This is uh, being reported out of um, Cleveland.com that uh, it's the first time in uh, American history that two Atlantic Category 4 landfalls have occurred in the same year. The storms are unprecedented, they say, with Harvey dumping record rainfall on Texas and Irma breaking records for strength. Both Houston and the Florida Keys were hit with 130-mile whipping winds. How else do these two major storms compare? Well, winds at landfall is one of them. Hurricane Harvey made landfall as a Category 4 with 130-mile-per-hour winds near Rockport, Texas. Harvey's landfall marked the first time a major hurricane hit the United States since Hurricane Wilma in Florida in October of 2005. Many locations received wind gusts over 100 miles an hour, leading to widespread wind damage. Early Sunday, just a few days ago, Irma made landfall in the Florida Keys, also as a Category 4 hurricane with 130-mile-per-hour maximum sustained winds. By that evening, the storm degraded to Category 2 hurricane and now remains a tropical storm as it continues north uh, into Georgia. This uh, obviously is dated. Uh, Hurricane Harvey, as far as rainfall goes, the slow movement from August 26th to the 30th, once over the Gulf Coast of Texas, led to catastrophic flooding with rainfall totals up to 51.88 inches in Cedar Bayou. Those nearly 52 inches marked the first time in recorded U.S. history a single tropical cyclone has dumped that much rain in the lower 48. The aerial coverage of locations receiving over 20 inches of rain was larger than the state of West Virginia, while the 40-inch zone spanned a greater area than Delaware, that being reported by the Weather Channel. Now, as far as Irma goes, according to the National Weather Service, three-day totals for rainfall in Florida from Irma are reaching 16 inches in some areas. 16 inches. Now, the storm uh, obviously is continuing to spit a bit, but uh, when it comes down to it, you look at a 16-inch drop versus a 52-inch drop, yeah, there's probably a lot more chance that uh, Harvey got the better of Irma between the two. So uh, the storm surge is the next indicator of how heavy or how hard a hurricane hits the coast. 
And so we'll talk about the storm surge uh, in just a little bit. Let's go ahead and get back to some more phone calls. Sean is with us in Arkansas up next. Hey, Sean, what's up, dude? Hey, Casey. Okay, I got a website for you. It's called earth.nullschool.net. Okay. If you, go to the, if you go to that website, you will see that Irma was three times the size of Harvey. The outer bands were touching Cuba, Florida, and Mexico all at the same time. I understand that, now, yeah. Being so big, it couldn't have that much torque out of it because Harvey was more dense. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were still very dangerous. And when you put Irma against Harvey, Irma looked scary. Absolutely oh, yeah. scary. Yeah. Um, I, well, another thing is it seemed that we were tracking it, Sean, for so long, uh, and it really got uh, ahead of steam a lot, I would say, a lot sooner than Harvey did. Harvey seemed to be reaching its max uh, potential for damage once it got closer to the coast, whereas I, I feel as if Irma uh, kind of petered out there whenever it reached the Dominican Republic and Cuba. So it was kind of starting already to lessen uh, as it was making landfall in the Caribbean. And given the size, just like you're talking about, given the size of that, uh, it probably was best that it was so large so it wouldn't be as compact and as damaging as Harvey was. Yeah, that may be the case. I mean, I was uh, – Harvey, we knew Irma just looked so big and scary that I could see why people would exaggerate it because when I looked at that website – and you could see uh, Jose just behind it, mm -hmm. uh, and it was so small compared to what Irma was. And when you compare Harvey to Irma, I mean, uh, you could have put three Harveys into Irma. And, yeah, uh, yeah. What was that website again? I, I got my website pulled up. What is it called again? Okay, earth.null school, okay. one word, dot net. Earth and all school. Okay. And when you look at it, you can see all the winds of the world, and you can pinpoint where you want to look at, and you can point to what the speeds are in that. It's not – in a hurricane, it's not going to be as accurate, but you got up to 100-mile-hour winds. In the northeast, you got uh, – that's where the biggest winds were. They were all in purple. But if you yeah. pull that website, you could see all the winds on what's going on. You could see Jose and what's coming in behind it. Uh, mm -hmm. Just a very interesting website. And as far as WX men, uh, weathermen, I looked at a bunch of national guys on Twitter, and I will come up with a consensus because there's just too many variables to be accurate. A wind can change direction. Hitting, uh, hitting ground could affect the weather, uh, just landfall, especially on a hurricane. Uh, I mean, if it wouldn't have hit uh, Cuba the way it did, maybe it would have been a harder direct hit on Florida. Yeah, well, there you go. It, and that's what the uh, folks on the news were saying this morning, that the, the reason that it lessened was because it made landfall in the Dominican Republic and other islands in the, in the Caribbean. And so, uh, or Caribbean, however you want to say it. But uh, that was really a blessing. Now, the folks down in those islands, they suffered devastating loss, uh, and we're not discounting that. There was a lot of damage. Um, Barbuda, I think, was one of the islands I was reading about earlier, and 90% of Barbuda is just gone. 
I had never heard of that island before, and as soon as you hear about it, well, it's gone, right? So uh, it's just one of those things, man. Now, hey. also the models. The European model seems to be more accurate than any of the other models on the storms that have been tracked, not just this year but in previous years. Mm-hmm. I follow the European model more than any of the other ones. Gotcha. Yeah, well, it seems as if they're more accurate. And uh, one, I don't know if it was Sandy. I don't know if it was Sandy, the storm that I was reading about earlier today. It may have been a a winter storm that was coming in, but uh, that the European model had predicted that that storm would uh, take a hard left and hit the United States, and the U.S. Weather Service was predicting it was going to go back out into the Atlantic, and it followed the European model. Uh, and the well, National Weather Service and the administration wants to know, what do we have to do to have more accurate forecasts? And that was a story I'm going to share uh, a little bit later. Well, there was a problem with Sandy. It was a hurricane coming up the northeast, but it got caught up in a snowstorm in the Great Lakes. And the, yeah, new, yeah. the, the Great Lake storm, into it sucked into Sandy. And that's gotcha. what made it a superstorm. Hey, tell me, man, uh, does does Canada get a lot of uh, weather activity coming off the coast? Are, are there any weather systems that come down from uh, the Arctic regions and affect you guys up north? Uh, well, you'll end up with a blizzard or something like that. Yes, it comes out of Alaska. If you look at that website, you will see the world winds around there. Okay. Also, there are hurricanes that hit Newfoundland on a regular basis. You just don't hear about them. The hurricane yeah. will it, it, it loosens up. It goes back into the sea. Then it picks up speed and heads up towards Newfoundland and becomes another hurricane. Gotcha. I wonder why we don't hear about those things, man. Well, because you guys don't bother with uh, Canada. We're just here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Shaw. Hey, buddy. Thank you, man. Yeah, we're going to get back to you here in just a little bit. we got to take a quick time out. We're talking a little bit about the weather. Do you trust your weatherman? And uh, we're discussing Irma versus Harvey. I'm going to talk a little bit about storm surge and what that's all about and uh, just getting your opinions on things. When it comes down to the National Weather Service throwing that caution up there just to try to get people to leave when it may be that it was safer to just stay home. Don't know. Obviously, we've talked about erring on the side of caution is always best, and I'm not minimizing Irma. Don't get me wrong. As Sean just mentioned, it was such a large storm, and it looked so bad that, of course, the National Weather Service is going to be typing their warnings in all capital letters. Get out of Florida because it's coming. Thankfully, it did not pack the same punch as did Harvey. So we're talking a little bit about the technology behind prediction uh, when it comes to the European versus the U.S. model of prediction. And also, uh, who do you like to get your weather from? Who is the most trusted source for you when it comes to getting a good idea of what weather you're going to be seeing in your region? 8888 Road Dog is the number if you want to chime in. I'd love to have you on the program. We've got some open lines right now. Before I go, I want to ask you, imagine speeding down the final stretch, drafting behind the car ahead of you, passing cars on the left, moving out of the pack to take the checkered flag. Now's your chance to feel the thrill of victory. You can enter the Dello and Love's Game Changer sweepstakes for a chance to win a VIP race experience for two to Fort Worth, Texas, the weekend of November 5th. The grand prize package includes airfare, accommodations, and pit passes for two, plus the opportunity to meet race car driver Landon Castle, who is behind the wheel of the Love's number 34 race car. The total value of the grand prize package is over 10000 bucks. In addition to one grand prize, sweepstakes entrance 
are eligible to win other prizes, including video game consoles, a weekly gift card drawing, and more. From September 1 through October 23, enter to win at DelloPromos.com. Dello, let's go further. Again, that's DelloPromos.com. Win yourself a grand prize. I'm KC hanging out with you. It is Road Dog Live on Sirius XM 146, and we'll be back. I'm Jeff Eno from the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update, and we have indeed seen some of the winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories in the big sky country. We saw that earlier for parts of Montana and then parts of Wyoming where we did see some of the snow showing up. Uh, we're still looking at uh, some of the scattered snow showers into uh, those areas. I-94 seeing more rain, though, as you make your way through Montana. Still some snow at the higher elevations as we get into parts of Wyoming and still seeing some of that also into areas west of Denver at the higher elevations in Colorado. Still some stormy weather out there, and we are still looking at the severe weather threat, maybe dipping down into Oklahoma, but then running all the way up into the UP. Scattered storms, we have seen those along 94, down into uh, areas along 90 as we make our way into Minnesota, and then down into Iowa. Scattered storms also for parts of Texas. I'm Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers, twice an hour on the Road Dog, Sirius XM 146, and on the Sirius XM app for your smartphones. Think about it. You've got some great photos on your phone, but what are you doing with them? If you don't have Free Prints yet, you've got to get it. Free Prints is the free five-star app for iPhone and Android that lets you print all of those photos for free. You get 1,000 free 4x6 photo prints a year. All you pay is a small shipping and handling charge. You can even print photos at other sizes for next to nothing. Using the Free Prints app is easy. Just select the photos you want to print, whether they're on your phone or on Facebook or Instagram. Choose the sizes, and you're done. Your premium quality free prints will arrive on your doorstep in just days. If you're still one of those people who hasn't discovered one of the world's favorite apps, download Free Prints now at FreePrintsNow.com and start enjoying real, professional quality free prints. The app is free, and so are the prints. No subscriptions, no commitments, just free prints. Go to FreePrintsNow.com to get the app and your 1,000 free prints. That's FreePrintsNow.com. Success in business depends on many things. Hard work, luck, solid backing from your partners. John Christner Trucking provides support by offering the right platform to fit your needs. Need a truck? We've got that. Have a truck but need a place to lease? We've got that. Have your own authority? Just need the right freight? We've got that too. JCT is big enough to offer all you need to be a success, but we're small enough to know you by name. We have the right trucks, the right freight, the right people. Hi, this is John Christner. Starting and running your own business isn't easy, but with hard work, you can achieve the independence you desire. I'm proud of the men and women who call JCT home and the service they provide our valued customers. Join us and let the JCT family help you achieve your dream of starting your own business. Call today at 866-782-5412. That's 866-782-5412. Or visit us online at johnchristner.com. John Christner Trucking. Big enough to matter, small enough to care. Are you ready? Road Dog Trucking Radio gives you a different kind of trucking show. About life, about love, about work, about career, the trucking industry. Married folks, Christy, it's freewheeling. Where drivers go to get informed and talk about the world at large. What a concept. Freewheeling with Meredith Oaks and Chris T. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's a self-discovery journey. And again at 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Because it is a gift to the world. Exclusively on Road Dog Trucking Radio and on the Sirius XM app. You're listening to Road Dog Trucking Radio's Road Dog Live. 
with host KC Phillips. the storms aren't carrying away we got a lot brewing and uh all eyes are trained on jose to see what is actually going to happen with that storm as we heard from some previous callers nobody really knows what's going to be happening with jose as it uh, comes up towards the uh, continental united states could swing out to the atlantic could make landfall not really sure what we do know is that uh We've had two Category 4 hurricanes that have hit the uh, southeastern part of the United States. Uh, terrible tragedies out there, and uh, our hearts are going out to those folks. And not intending to make light of one storm over the other. They're both very, very catastrophic, and uh, so they've left a lot of damage in their wake. However, we are using it on the program today to do a little compare and contrast, to talk a little bit about weather technologies out there, your thoughts on actually trusting the weatherman, how accurate is data that we're getting, and how accurate is the analytics that are out there. And joining me on the show today is somebody, uh, well, he was there, he's gone now, who knows a little bit about it. That was going to be weatherman, but he has gone now. So a call back if you want to get in on the topic. But uh, when you compare the two storms, the maximum storm surge is the next item that I want to talk about a little bit. Maximum storm surge predicted by the National Hurricane Center for Irma was 8 to 12 feet for southwest Florida. Now, just a week before, the National Weather Service in Corpus Christi, Texas, evaluated peak storm surge tide observation. Preliminary report showed tides reached over 12 and a half feet in some areas when you consider Harvey. And that was with a 6-foot water depth in one home in Longmont. Now, the maximum storm surge for Irma, contrasting, was 8 to 12 feet for southwest Florida from Captiva to Cape Sable, and the then Category 5 hurricane barreled towards Florida right before landfall. The national uh, forecast jumped to 10 to 15 feet for the same region. So at the time of the printing of this story, the storm surge had dropped to 9 feet for portions of southwest Florida. So it had been downgraded. So it just the, the storm just started to peter out. When it comes to fatalities, that's the next gauge of which one of these storms hit hardest. Hurricane Harvey's relentless rain, flooding, and whipping winds left 70 dead, at least 70 dead, in Texas. And that was reported uh, by Time. The latest death toll for Florida due to Irma was at least five. One person was found dead in a home in Chart Key. That being reported by ABC News, with two more deaths in Monroe County and two deaths in Orange County. Fatalities in the Caribbean totaled over 27. So those other islands that were affected by Irma uh, did not get close to what Harvey uh, dropped. Uh, total power outages is really interesting information. I'll share that uh, with you in a little bit. Let's go ahead and grab some phone calls. Let's go to Tweedledee and Tweedledum. What's going on, Kim? Well, um, as far as the weather goes, Casey, even though we're not out in the truck now, we're at home, and if there's a storm coming up that comes on the TV, then I start getting on my weather um, band on my phone. That way, if he's over at a different farm, I can tell him how long it's going to be before the rain gets there, so he'll have yeah. time to either finish what he's doing or take cover. 
Well, that's really good that, that you're monitoring that uh, for him. And I tell you, whenever it comes down to it, there I, I'm sure are times where you have conflicting reports on the weather. Who, who do you trust to get your weather? I get mine through AccuWeather. And if it sounds really weird the way they have it typed out as to how soon it'll be there, then I go to the map. And I can zoom right into our area, and I can figure out pretty much how long it's going to be before it hits. Ah, well, good. Well, hey, you know, it's all about uh, predicting, and, and I know, you know, I, I joke around about the Farmer's Almanac. Obviously, you don't want to rely on a book that's written with predictions that have been made over centuries, or I guess decades at least, of uh, farmer's time. But uh, the the radars and that technology are really good about predicting uh, what is going to happen over land. Uh, obviously, when it comes to the hurricane predictions, it's really still a crapshoot. Yes, it is. But now as far as being a meteorologist and getting paid for whether you're right or wrong, uh-huh. I have one of those jobs. I yeah. get paid regardless. I get paid. I am the wife, and I am right, so I always get my money. <laughs> Laying the law down, indeed. Yeah, so you don't have to be a, a weather forecaster just to do that. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, shoot, the way that goes, I guess you could just look out the window and say, uh, yep, Tweedledee, it's raining. Or wait, are you Tweedledum? Well, I, I don't know which one is which. We're going to go with I'm Tweedledee, he's Tweedledum. <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? Now, if I was speaking with Al, it would probably be different, wouldn't it? No. <laughs> well, he I'm would right say. Beside him, if he I'm would right say, beside him, I'm Tweedledee, he's Tweedledum. It doesn't matter if you're talking to him <laughs> or me. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Just to bring everybody else in, we were at the Mid-America Truck Show. That was just this past year. And uh, the. Kim, Al and Kim, right? Uh, we're, yep. we're sitting there talking, and they are finishing each other's sentences. Every sentence gets started by one of them, and then the other one would. And I said, "You guys are so compatible, and it's almost like I'm talking to Tweedledee and Tweedledum because they used to do that same thing, you know." So, but you are Tweedledee, and I appreciate that you're right all the time. It sure makes life easier. Oh yeah, for sure. So what do you think about all of these uh, storms going on down in the south? Uh, Did you have any family members that were affected by any of this? Yes, my sister lives in Baytown, Texas, which is the north side of Houston. Mm -hmm. They got 42 inches of rain. Oh, my God. Crazy. Crazy. Casey, they had no flooding. Well, that's really good. Two blocks away, the water was up as high as her husband's pickup hood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But nothing where they were at, and they were are only 23 foot above sea level. That's really amazing. So I guess some of the infrastructure that was put in place to prevent flooding was doing its job, I'm guessing. Yep, and now two houses down, they have a swimming pool in their backyard. And because they heard that it was going to rain so much, they took water out of their swimming pool mm-hmm. and their swimming pool popped up out of the ground oh my gosh so now they have to have somebody put it back down in the ground yeah wow oh i see what happened yeah there just wasn't any weight holding it in the ground so it was like a one piece it wasn't a poured concrete type of swimming pool 
snow. But even so, the last hurricane that went through um, Texas, my sister's husband took six inches of water out of their pool. Mm-hmm. And it their cement pool six inches out of the ground. Wow, that is just crazy to think. But I guess it makes sense. They need that all that water in there to hold it in place. And now just think about this. Ever since time began, everything is here. All the dead people are still here. All the water that happened when Noah was alive, mm-hmm. most of it just came down in these last couple storms. Mm, yeah. That's interesting stuff. I tell you, it's uh, something to ponder. Well, Tweedledee, thank you for calling. I appreciate you being on the show today, and I will not call you Tweedledum ever again. Unless Al's standing there, and I can watch you guys duke it out. And we'll see who's Tweedledee and who's Tweedledum. She says she is the D, not the dumb. But uh, they are both friends of the program. So uh, when we get back, we're going to jump into some phone calls. I do have to take a quick break. So we're talking today a little bit about uh, comparing Harvey and Irma. And two Category 4 hurricanes that have made landfall unprecedented. It's never happened in U.S. history. Uh, and so I got some open lines if you want to chat about the comparison of the two. Do you think that uh, the weathermen are a little bit uh, overzealous when it comes to the level of warnings that they were giving? Obviously, Irma was supposed to be a lot worse. I, I'm getting from you that you don't think that that was a bad thing. But Irma has come and it's gone. It's, it's already starting to dry out now in Tennessee. It's just spitting a little bit. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the weathermen, what they do, uh, the analytics behind the data, and why the European model is sometimes a lot more precise than the U.S. model. i got stories on that to share with you. Right now we're doing a comparison between Harvey and Irma to let you know what uh, the differences in those two storms were. So we'll finish up that data as well before the top of the hour. So lots of good coming at you on Road Dog Live. Would love to have you on the show. Who do you trust when it comes to getting your weather? Is there one that you trust over another? Is it the local source that you use? Is it uh, somebody from the National Weather Service? What about weather.com? Weather Underground? There are many different services out there. Or do you just trust your smart device? How accurate is that? We'll talk about who the most accurate is. How would you like to do a job where you are paid to only be right half the time? Let's face it, weathermen weathermen and and women who uh, do engage in forecasting the weather, their prediction is largely based on what they think with the maps that they are being given, and they have to make those calls, and a lot of times they're just not accurate. So uh, would you like to have a job where you didn't have to be right 100% of the time? It ain't so in the trucking industry. you got to be right 100% of the time or else, guess what? You might be getting yourself a pink slip, and that ain't cool. So lots to talk about on the show. Get in with us. 888-876-2336 is the number, and we'll be back. Ringo Starr here. Ringo Starr takes control of the Beatles channel. Introduce his new album, Give More Love. love. Discover Give More Love, featuring contributions from Peter Frampton, Joe Walsh, and Paul McCartney. I wanted Paul to play on it because he is the brightest and loving loving bass player. Throughout the weekend. On the Beatles channel. Sirius XM 18. Hi, this is Dan Workman with Landstar. Owner-operators, are you on the road to success? 
Hello, this message is from Landstar. Are you being notified when the load you want is available? Landstar's load alert system allows you to create profiles of your favorite freight lanes. The following load is available. Origin, Chicago, Illinois. Destination, Grand Prairie, Texas. Load Alerts notifies you with a phone call or an email when freight matching your profile is available. With Landstar's Load Alerts, you have the freedom to plan ahead without worrying about where your next load is coming from. You have the freedom to run when you want, where you want, and haul the loads you want. Contact Landstar today and get started on the road to success. Visit us at leasetolandstar.com. Call 877-472-0099, 877-472-0099, or visit us at leasetolandstar.com, leasetolandstar.com. This is not an offering to sell a franchise. Franchise offerings are made through the franchise disclosure document. Ask for details. Be honest. Do you love your job? What's your real passion? Healthy living? Making a difference in your community? Running your own business? Maybe it's time you considered owning a Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Because right now, Tropical Smoothie Cafe is looking to open new franchises in your community. You'll be part of one of the fastest growing franchises in the $34 billion quick casual restaurant industry. Serving what America is demanding. Healthier food options for people on the go. Tropical Smoothie Cafe is growing at a phenomenal rate. With more than one cafe opening every week and you can be part of it people love tropical smoothie cafe from our on-trend tropical inspired cafe design to our delicious food and smoothie choices it's where you want to be are you ready to start loving what you do call us right now and learn how you can make every day as warm and fun as being in the tropics at tropical smoothie cafe don't miss this ownership opportunity call now for your free information kit call 1-800-909-8688 that's 1-800-909-8688 1-800-909-8688 have you ever thought of installing a golf green in your backyard? Well, the pros have, and when they do, they call Celebrity Greens. Celebrity Greens is the industry leader in custom-built synthetic golf greens. These expertly crafted low-maintenance greens roll great, react like real bent grass, and add both value and beauty to your existing home landscaping. Call the pros at Celebrity Greens at 1-888-507-7960 or visit them online at CelebrityGreens.com. Practice like the pros with Celebrity Greens right in your own backyard. Landline Now, weekday, 7 p.m. East. Business advice. Things you can do to make your engine run better. Improving your own health. Landline Now with Mark Reddy on Road Dog Trucking Radio. And we're right here in New York City, (laughs) here in Rockefeller Center. I'm Mark Redding, the host of Landline Now, and we're coming to you from the hometown of President Harry S. Truman, Kansas City, Missouri. And that, my friends, is the Road Dog Trucking Radio Radio Check. Rest assured, wherever you are, we are Road Dog Trucking Radio. Donate your car today. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K 
KARS Cars for Kids. 1877 Cars for Kids. Donate your car today. To learn more about our programs and to donate, go to carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. Pickup is quick and easy. You'll also get a vacation voucher and maximum tax deduction. 1877 Cars for Kids. K-A-R-S Cars for Kids. 1877 Cars for Kids. Donate your car today. Vacation voucher not available in Oregon. If you still not refinance your mortgage, well, soon you may be kicking yourself in the head. Hi, I'm Wesley Hogan with Westland Financial. And interest rates have gone up recently, but they're still at historical lows. So don't delay. Let us lower your monthly payment, consolidate a first and second, pay off other debt, or drop you into a 15-year loan with no closing costs. Think about it. All it takes is a five-minute phone call to find out how we can save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars a year. Call Westland Financial at 888-615-3669. 888-615-3669. Lennox Financial Mortgage Corp. DBA Westland. NMLS number 3304. Not all loans apply. Equal housing lender. Hey, it's Danny Cannell from Playbook, weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPNU Radio, Sirius XM 84. We're kicking off fall with something special for our subscribers. Our friends and family event has been extended. Get big savings with special offers to turn a satellite radio back on, or you can purchase a new one. Visit SiriusXM.com slash 2017 friends and family to check it out and see offer details. And in the meantime, check out my show, Playbook, weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPNU Radio, Sirius XM 84. I'm Gavino from the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update where we have seen some of the winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories for parts of Wyoming and also into areas into Montana. And we're still looking at uh, some of the light snow showers into some of the areas east of 15, mostly rain showers as we made our way through Montana, and then some showers and storms as we moved a little farther east into the Dakotas along I-29. And then I-35, seeing some of those showers and storms into areas into Minnesota and dipping down all the way into parts of Kansas. A severe weather swath kind of going uh, south, possibly into Oklahoma, and then a narrow run all the way up into the UP where we have seen those scattered showers and storms. And even into areas east of I-27 as you get into Texas, we have seen some of the spotty storms there into Texas, also in the southwestern part of the state. I'm Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers. Twice an hour on the Road Dog, Sirius XM 146 on the Sirius XM app with smartphone. Now, back to the conversation.